now, introducing the man who's not going to let the fact that he didn't hear his name called on any of the three days of draft weekend deter him from seeing out his dream, as he says, quote, even though they promised me I would be selected for jury duty one of Thursday or Friday, they've seen my film and know what I bring to the courtroom, unquote. While he was impressed with the resume of Ben Cleveland, he took the pictures and stories as more of a challenge as he spent the majority of Saturday and Sunday attempting to kill, skin, and roast squirrels before admitting, quote, perhaps Red Dead Redemption was less useful than I thought, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employer Assurance Studio Press Box. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Kyle Ottenheimer. I think I did a little bit too much radio last week. And what do you mean? You're radioed out. You no, wanna, I. You don't want to be here with me. I'm just no. I'm feeling. I'm feeling something in my my voice. Oh. Yeah, and I've got I've got some important games. James Laurinaitis, if you will. I don't know if it's a James Laryngitis situation, <laughs> but I I just I'm feeling something. I'm feeling something in my voice after doing the number of hours that we did and. I don't know. I mean, then I got to yell at kids all weekend. It's just a whole thing. So we'll see how it, uh, how it, how it holds up. But hello. Happy to be here. Happy Monday. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. Rashad Bateman joins us a little bit later on this hour. Ravens first round pick, 27th overall. We'll check in with us. Jeremy Kahn joins us as he does every Monday. We'll see about perhaps some stuff and things that might pop up otherwise during the course of the morning. Um, I, I don't have much more to say. I, I, I wrote a column, and of course we'll do the Monday tradition of me giving away my column. It's, uh, it's a tradition unlike any other. We'll, uh, we'll get to that here in a minute. I don't have a lot more to say about the specific picks that the Baltimore Ravens made in the draft since we last gathered on Friday evening. Um, I, I say that because uh, one thing that I have grown to do as the years have gone on is stop lying. The other thing that I've grown to do is stop pretending like I'm a football scout. Um, and And this is... I would say it's not a knock on other people, but it's definitely a knock on other people. It's just that I admit I was one of those people for a long time. There's a lot of people that are pretending like they have a clue, that have no clue, none. Even the people that are like, I've watched the film, and I'm not, this is, this is not a knock on anyone specifically. It's the notion that there's any value in the post draft player analysis or analysis of the picks. Well, it's the only value is your own edification. It's 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 an exercise in bias. It's an exercise in I like this player and they drafted him below where I thought he should have been drafted, so that was a good pick. I think or that, that for wasn't worth, a good pick. When, it's, look, it's, I, it's valueless. I, I only went to watch Tylen Wallace and I wanted to dig in more on Rashad Bateman, right? I hadn't had a chance to nothing, really. There's nothing wrong with wanting to go watch players. And it's that the was more that, that 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 makes you think that you know something. No, I'm, I know like, Ben Cleveland could kick my ass. He's a big man. There's no doubt about it. There's lots of big men in the world. I have no idea if that means that he can play sure, left guard next season for the Baltimore Ravens. I couldn't tell you, no doubt. and nor could anyone else. The Ravens might think they know the answer, but they don't know it either. We'll make that abundantly clear. They have no clue today. Whether that's the answer or not, um, so I I've gotten over that. I'm just not 
I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I can break down the players. I know I know things about them. Um, I know things that make them interesting. I know things that perhaps make you concerned. I, I certainly think that everybody's got questions about Brandon Stevens being a third-round pick of the Baltimore yeah, Ravens. Two years, if he's a I, quality starting safety, you're going to be like, well. God, God right. bless if that ends up being the case. Right. I think that there are a lot of people that believe that Tylon Wallace was better than sure. where he got drafted, but at the same time, it's the joke of he life. doesn't really do anything particularly well. He's, well he's, good in, look, he's good in the middle of the field. He's he's good at catching the right. football. I, I like, like that. He's but he's good not at a, separating on crossing routes, from what yeah. I can tell. And that's look in the Senior yeah. Bowl. He was impressive. Even the Senior Bowl, he was Great. he was getting open. He, he, there's nothing that he does particularly well. There's a reason why he lingered past where a lot of people thought that he would go. There's nothing. Look, six foot. It, he's not like a he's, four three he's guy. Not he's not particularly fast. He's not particularly ball, but he's, strong. But he can. He's uh, productive. He right? can catch the football, and he's been productive. Right. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I can tell you how those guys project as football players because I can't. I can't. And neither can you, guy that's doing it on the Internet today. I get it. This is what we're supposed to do. Fake it till we make it. I understand we live in a world where it's more pro wrestling than it is reality, and so we're just supposed to BS, and we're just supposed to say insane things and try to uh, get attention on social media, and I'm sorry I can't do that for you. I'm sorry I don't have that in me. I cannot bamboozle you into believing that I know something that I don't. Now, I will you can I, read I, tea leaves in different ways. I don't even know what they, that means. The, like, it's interesting that they drafted Ben Mason a little bit. I'm curious to see what they have planned. Why? Well, Pat Ricard is certainly a fixture in this offense. I don't know if this they indicates a late his contract. Round, they used a late-round pick on a player that might or might not be a player. I mean, I, it's not that interesting. He's the only quasi-tight end they added. Right. So I don't know if they intend to just have him play that role or try to I use him I don't know if he's role. going to be on the roster. I think when you spend too much time thinking about a guy who was taken late in the draft, you end up blowing your own mind. Yeah. It, it, it could mean absolutely nothing, this notion that, that any doesn't of mean this. that it won't, right? It doesn't mean that they, they had something in mind or hoped for something when they drafted him, right? Or like, he was the guy that was there. I hear you. I mean, like, I, I can't stress this enough. We... We, we, we spend our time getting so worked up about these things when they could mean absolutely zero. I mean, they really could. They just happened to really like the player and said, we'll figure it well, out. We'll solve the problem. fullback oriented offense, of course, slash tight end oriented offense. So I just don't know. I don't know if they would say, well, we're going to keep two fullbacks this year. Or they think he's really good at something on special teams, and we'll see. I, the, we, the notion – and spending any of this time on this is obviously worthless – but the notion that we know anything from any of these picks is crazy. Now, I mean, I, if you want me to offer a take, I'm going to guess at this point the Ravens probably aren't really in the Julio Jones market anymore. But that's a guess. And it's not even me telling you there's no way they should well, be. The, the, the feeling seems to be that the Falcons have sort of cooled on the notion of trading him slightly. Right. If, they, if they're if they still... But they can, weren't really like shopping him and looking like we are going to trade him as much as they were saying, look, blow us away and who knows kind of thing probably. I, I have no idea if that's true or not. I can't... I can't. It seems like the, the consensus now sits that they're, they're going to be keeping him. But that's the consensus. And if at some point they wake up and they say, no, wait a second, this cap hit really is too much for us to take and, sure. you know, what are we actually doing here? I have no clue. 
I couldn't tell you, but I think it means they're probably out on the Julio Jones thing. But that's as much of a take as I can give you. I can't give you anything beyond that. We always want to do five steps beyond. I have no problem with talking about the bigger picture. It's part of what we do is we talk about the bigger picture probably more than anybody in the market. But pretending like we know the bigger picture is something I'm never going to get involved in. We have uh, What the Ravens did in the draft this weekend has led to so many people suggesting that that means that James Prochet won't be on this team moving forward. I have no clue. None. Zero. It's a tremendous offseason. I I see the same thing that you do. It looks like right now there are more wide receivers on the roster than typically the Ravens have spots Has the Ravens ever cut a fourth-round receiver or anything like that? Like Like, fourth-round picks have been cut before, right? Like immediately? Did John Simon break camp with the Ravens ever? He he broke camp. I don't know if he broke camp. He might have gotten hurt, if I remember correctly. I don't think he did. I think it was just they cut him. I was like, that's bizarre. I feel like there was a there was something that was going on that did, he might not have been on the field as much during that. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I genuinely yeah, he was have on no the team idea. for a year. Okay. Yeah. I so. was kind of thought he was a good pick, and then they cut him, and he was a decent right. player, but nothing right. great. Um, and by I, the way, they also signed him back to the practice squad after they cut him the next year. Lasley was on the practice squad that first year, right? Yeah. They they don't. Uh, that sounds right. Yes. I think he was. Yes, I believe he was. Um, look, I don't know. They might, they'll, but the, Tyler but Wallace doesn't impress them. This is, the, this is what all of – none of it means something definitively today. Sure. Today it means nothing definitively. Will it end up meaning something? Absolutely. And is it wrong to suggest that at the moment it appears There's as though the Ravens have them. more receivers than roster spots? No, I think that's about Are right. Are worried about tackle? Of course I'm worried about tackle. How could anybody not be worried about tackle? I'm worried about the offensive line as a whole. I'm 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 not with all due if the answer I don't know for one that the sure. answer is just Ben Cleveland. I don't know that. I hear you. I mean, they have a I think lot of guards all, that they've drafted in the we're third all through fifth round. Working under yeah. the assumption that because Ben Cleveland is the offensive lineman that they drafted, that means he's definitely a starter, and because he's no. big, that means and he's I definitely think a starter. The context of it, where in particular, where we were sitting there all night waiting for Quinn Miners, and he's there, and they don't take him, they better love Ben Cleveland. And I, I don't mean, know that they maybe they just didn't love Quinn Miners. Yeah, it's and, also possible no, thinking that. That we know that this means anything more than it does is silly. They they might love Ben Cleveland. Well, presumably they, might they do. Also... They were good. We thought there were some quality players on the board at 94. That's what it was. Yes. So we assume if they took him, they love him. I, I, I think th- that's fair. I don't know if it's love, if it's really like, if it's just the best, was the best that player that was there. Or they board, don't think right? as highly of the guys that were available late in the third round as we do. I don't know what it is. I sh- we don't th- have those answers. I, we are penciling in Ben Cleveland as the team's starting left guard, despite the fact that we're talking about a late third-round pick. And that's a bit aggressive. For guards, it's a bit different it's, than, like, a tackle, right? Like, I mean, sure, it's a bit different than tackle, but penciling in like, anyone. I don't know what guard off the board he was. Probably, like, 7th or 8th or ninth. Something I, I wasn't in counting. That range. I assure you I was You're not counting. You're normally keeping that. track yeah, of that. Not, not something I was doing here. Weird. Penciling any late third round pick as a day one starter is an aggressive thing, which doesn't mean it might not play out that way, but we're advancing a couple of steps in the process because we think there's a need. When internally to them, they might say, why in the world do you think Ben Cleveland is ahead of Ben Powers today? What would give you that feeling? Or internally, they might say, look, yes, Pat McCary has his struggles a year ago, but we're inclined to give him another shot because he's also played good football. 
and we'll give a guy that's played some good football another chance at being the team's starting center, and Bradley Bozeman right now is our guard. And if Ben Cleveland works his way into that role, or if Pat McCary fails and we need to, we'll go that route. We are making decisions that the Ravens aren't announcing to us, and it doesn't mean they won't end up being correct. It might very well be that Ben Cleveland late third-round pick is the team's starting left guard on day one when the season opens in September. But we are doing that. We're treating him like he's a first-round pick, like it's an obvious thing when there were 93 players that were selected ahead of him. And I get it. He's big. He's really, really big. There is no debating that. Weirdly small waist. That's also true from the pictures that we've seen of him with his don't shirt on. Fully, did he, I, I don't know how don't, that works. I don't know I either. hope it helps him be more flexible. That, you and I both. Um, I, I'm not ready to go there, so I have great concerns about the offensive line as a whole. It's unrelated to did they make the right picks in the draft. It's right now we've got it's starting unknown. right it's tackle to be named later. As starting all. right yeah. tackle, we've got sure. maybe a bottom third it's round musical pick chairs as starting with left guard. Bozeman somewhere. Presumably it, at center. It's 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 maybe a guy who's never played center in the NFL being your starting center, and I get it. We have every reason to think that Bradley Bozeman is capable of playing center, but it's a reality. You We've think got, the, the Cologne Castillo is anything factored into this? Maybe. Who knows? I, I There are way more questions than answers along the offensive line. We have a left tackle that we think is going to be ready to start the season, and if he is, then we have every reason to have full faith in him, but we don't know that sure. yet either. I mean, if he isn't, then you're like, uh-oh. Yes, there's far bigger problems. We, 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 we are in a – the offensive line is a major area of concern for me with this football team that could end up being just fine. Maybe Ben Mason will just play guard. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's why they took him. Um, it could end up being just fine. They could end up being very good offensive sure. Look, they've line. got a lot of guys. But today, I don't know how anyone isn't concerned to overly concerned mm-hmm. about the construction of the offensive line, particularly because our belief right now is that I, either Maybe some Ty- guys not on this team is going to be in the right or, side. Right, or, or it's right. Tyree Phillips, and, and a year ago we thought Tyree Phillips was here to be a guard. And Sure. There's a lot there, man. There's just a lot there. So does that mean the Ravens had a bad draft? Does that mean that the Ravens had a great draft? None of it means anything. But the con- the I, that's why I, I, you can't get me to look at a column about draft grades anymore. You just can't get me to do it. I, 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 that's a B-plus type statement right there. Thank you. I appreciate that. You can't get me to do it, although, as I say that, for a certain amount of money, you absolutely <laughs> could get me to do it. There is no debate about that. If you want to pay me to look at someone's draft grades column, I will happily be paid to do it. I won't pretend as though it matters. If if you're Now, that's the part that will be a problem. I don't think You're going to have to, Glenn. Yeah, I don't know that there's a dollar amount. There I, it, is. There is, but it's not one... They can't afford it. Yeah, to get me to pretend like someone's well, draft asking. column, draft column emails. matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From really who specifically? I figured you didn't want to see him. No, but I need to know if they have the money that we're talking about. Oh, they were. It was impressive. I just thought it was like he's busy, right? Well, now. I am busy. Right. There's no doubt about that. So but again, I just thought, everybody, I you. everybody's got a price. I don't Ted DiBiase want to bother said. you with this minutia, you know. Um, the question isn't how did the Ravens do in the draft. It's an irrelevant question. How they do in the draft? Not irrelevant question. Um, the question is w- now knowing essentially what the, what the roster like. is, 
where do they stack up with the other top teams in the AFC? That's the question that matters. Sure. Now, again, it's unknown ta- because we, we don't know what these players are going to do. We can't really define right. that either. But it's the best possible question for trying to determine value is that right now, knowing essentially what the roster is going to be, and again, we're assuming that's going to also involve a veteran tackle who will be signed. Again, today is the first day that teams can start signing players without it impacting their if you had to guess, compensatory picks. Which one are they, they going to sign? Well, I mean, we've got more. There's 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 more smoke on Villanueva, but he's a, a sure. I know. I know the he's a lesser fit. Then Dennis, I, I I don't know that they might not sign both. They've got money. They've got fifteen million dollars. They've got money, and these guys aren't guys going to cost enough. Put it out there. We're available. That, right. Thank you. We could do it for. Uh, uh, we won't talk 15, about your draft grades. Comments. No, not going to happen. But for fifteen thousand dollars, yeah. I'll play tackle. Um, I think they could sign both. I think that would be almost logical for them to sign both. Or perhaps there's somebody else. I mean, it's just a competition, ultimately. You're not guaranteeing anything, presumably, with any of these contracts. Or, again, they're signing Villanueva, not thinking even remotely about right tackle. The only thought with Villanueva is we need to have an insurance policy for Ronnie Stanley should he not be ready to start the season. And this is our insurance policy. And if he wants to be a... You know, if we've got the room for him on the roster after that, we've got the room. You're not spending so much money on these guys at this point that if you decide to cut them before the the start of the season, it's going to hurt you in any way. These can all be guys that can be brought in just in case. And if you feel strongly about Tyree Phillips, you could say, well, we don't need Dennis Kelly. And you can cut him in August. That's an option. These guys aren't signing. If they were signing for real money, they would, have already signed, sure. they would presumably have already signed. Now, is it possible there's another team that's playing the compensatory game and that drives up the price a little bit? Sure. But my gut would tell me at that point that either Ravens would say, nah, we're good. Or that still, that price isn't going to be driven up to a place where it would cause you significant pain should you end up choosing to release the player before the season begins. And it doesn't cost you anything in terms of the compensatory strategy. So why not sign sign both? We think they'll probably sign a veteran edge rusher still, even after drafting two. We think that would make sense, but it's not a guarantee. It might very well be that they look around and say, We've got a group of guys. This is our group of guys. I would say that's, man. I mean, they're both likely. I think they're both almost near guarantees, right? Who? For tackles and edge rushers. I, I, I can't I, fathom they don't bring I in a veteran. I think tackles is a near guarantee. I think edge rusher. I really can't. I think they're signing someone. I don't think it has to be from the, the group of guys of the that you're. I think there could be a Pernell McPhee type sure. of signing that yeah, could I think come after. Kerrigan afterwards. would make sense, sort of thing. Of course, Kerrigan would make sense. I'm saying You're that, saying that lower than that. I mean, it I could be lower else, than that. I don't it, know who else those names would be and because right? we don't care about that. And then if we didn't know Pernell McPhee from his first time in Baltimore, we wouldn't have I known. It. We didn't really Pernell know Jahad Ward all that crazy Correct. well I when we there, signed him. I think there could be somebody like that that could still sign, even if it's not a Melvin Ingram or a Justin Houston or a Ryan Kerrigan who we've heard of. I think they bring in someone. I just think it's possible it's not one of the top guys. I'm not saying it won't sure. be. I think it's possible it's not. It's possible it's still us. We're, like I said, yes, we are again, we're, and for 15000 That's right. the number. Well, 15000 I'll do it. I'll well, do I, it I have to be able to keep nine. my other jobs, though. I'll do it I can't. For you son of a bitch. <laughs> Undercutter's pizza. I don't care for this at all. You. I got a more projectable frame. Eh, eh, I've I could, I could eh. get to 300 easy if I needed to. If you needed to. If I needed to. How long would it take? It really would not take. It would take a shockingly What are you sitting at right now? I'm like 255 at least. Okay, you could probably get there in a reasonable. It'd take me a little bit longer. A little yeah, bit longer to get so. to 300. Slightly longer and eating things I haven't eaten in a long, long time. Um, 
So that's my question today. My question is about the where the roster is. I want you to go to Twitter, at Glenn Clark Radio. Today's Think Tank topic is brought to you by Window Nation. Act now, beat the rush. Oh, you know what? Actually, I've got something else I want to tell you about Window Nation. I've been telling you about that for a while. I want to tell you this about Window Nation for a change. Um, it's... Right now, you can still get 50% off all styles of Windows, plus put no money down and make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months. 50% off all styles of Windows. No payments, no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION, windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. The think tank is very simple. You know, you know essentially what the roster is now. Sure, there there are camp battles to be had and mm-hmm. guys that want to win roster spots Perhaps and a surprise cut here and there. Will a late round pick make the roster or not? Undrafted guys. Is is there an undrafted guy? I know everybody likes our Darius Washington. I don't There's a tackle they signed for Oklahoma as well, right? They, okay, cool. They signed one of Lamar's old high school teammates like And again, we are available. Right. That one <laughs> Probably not going to get us $15,000. I don't think those guys are getting quite that much. Um, so there are some, there's some minutiae to the roster, and unfortunately the other part is that we all know that somebody's going to get hurt. That's the way that it goes. But it, with, that, with that known or with that accepted, where do you feel is the Ravens now as a roster stack up with the other top teams in the AFC? That's the relevant question. That's the part that matters, if anything. And you can even be dismissive of that. It's still a vague question, right? The answer is not, you know, it's, it's, you're not going to, you're projecting You can't the fully impossible. know it. Right. I don't think you can fully like, know it. I can't guarantee Rashad Bateman is just going to step in and be the presence on the outside that defenses will have to account for. I don't know that either. I like Rashad Bateman. I think he's a hell of a football player. I have high hopes for Rashad Bateman. But no, there's no world in which you can know right away that a guy is definitely going to step in and be Just that perfect Demand the fit. respect. Yep, no no question. And so, like, that has to be earned to an extent. Yep. So, bit of a catch-22 there. If you don't throw the ball that much, can you establish the presence? So, it's it still is a sort of opaque picture as far as what this is going to it's, look like. It's undefinable. I don't disagree with that. but Particularly with them... You know, the tight end thing kind of standing pat, you know, right does now, not appear as though they are pivoting back to more toward a 2019. Well, I mean, I, you get what I'm saying, right? The three it, tight ends that being so prevalent and I get they might just be OK with Pat Ricard. Or, or they think more of Josh Oliver. And who Breland they, is somebody what? that they are now looking like all of the above, right? And, they, and they, Eric they're, Tomlinson. They're confident that one of these guys is going to prove to be a starting caliber tight end. Correct. Could be. The Ravens are good with tight ends. They did, we, they, we do have to keep in mind they, they traded, traded a draft Oliver. pick for Josh Oliver. He's uh, Twenty-four years old. I right? know Ken Zalas is a big Josh Oliver He's a guy. Good blocker, right? Um, supposedly. Supposedly, I I can't pretend like I know enough about Josh Oliver to Two have first a more names, in-depth conversation. What does it mean? I don't know. Uh, but good point. Good point. Look, I will. We thought they were in the market for a surefire starting caliber tight end. Granted, that was probably going to come through the draft. We thought. Although, if they had tried to sign a tight end, I imagine there probably would have been some interest on the free agent side of things. Ravens are a tight end heavy offense. There's probably opportunities to be had, all of that. Mm. Regardless, they didn't. 
They added two receivers. Maybe it was just the nature of the board. Yes. But for the Ravens to be the cream of the crop in the AFC, look, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. We understand that. The Ravens have added talent in deficient areas and left questions at other deficient areas. Maybe even leaving them larger deficiencies with the Orlando Brown situation. So, with all that said, I think they're probably as likely a bet to win the division as the Browns. Right? I don't think it would be crazy to say that the Browns are on a roughly even level as the Ravens. Now, what they would do in a head-to-head, I can't... I think the Ravens would probably... I think their style of the Ravens and what they do, presuming they're able to run the ball the way that we're used to with the offensive right. line, is still the advantage there. Yeah. But, I mean, I would definitely give the Ravens a slight advantage, but... But I, I think they're both probably 11-win teams about. You know what I mean? Yeah, that sounds about right. So, when it comes down to it, we're talking about, is it enough to change what we've seen in the playoffs? It's kind of what we're saying. Right? Like, we still have no reason to think that right now the Ravens are worse or a, have made themselves worse to the point where they will not be involved in the postseason. It would be shocking, barring an injury to Lamar Jackson, right? Like, there's not a whole lot to think that would, that would cause that, unless it really is a disaster on the offensive line. So, did they... By the way, just about everybody has the Ravens slightly ahead of the Browns still. And I'm okay with that. You know, the Browns still do have to continue to prove it, right? Like, not just be a flash in the pan. By the way, some of the numbers, I'm looking at Super Bowl futures numbers, some of them are really bizarre. Like? Like, right now, if you want to bet a Raven Super Bowl future at BetMGM, it's plus 600. Which is a pretty good bet to make, right? Well, so... Or does that mean it's not... Yeah, you're not going to make nearly as much, whereas at, um, for example, FanDuel, it's plus 1,400. That's odd. Make make your bet on FanDuel. And it does appear as though, for the most part, it's just that the MGM numbers are are smaller than everybody else's, but it's weird. It's weird. Well, you know, I would probably say the questions on the Browns are a little bit less loud than the questions on the Ravens. I don't know if I agree with that. What would you say their biggest questions I are? still think... I mean, other than being the Browns. I mean, okay, well, there's, there's sure, there's that. Um, I, I still think there's a question with them. I, while Baker Mayfield has been talented, I think there is still... The, he still has to prove that he de- deserves to be definitely the, you know... The commercial guy that he is, right? Like Correct. a guy that is a star. I think there's no doubt that he's a talented player and that he's a capable player and all of those things, but I think there's a difference between being being that guy and a guy well, that can single-handedly will right. you to victories right. against good football teams when everything's on the line. I don't think that we've seen that. Now, can you win a Super Bowl without that? Perhaps. Can you win a Super Bowl without that in this AFC as constructed? Seems Look, Baker, unlikely. Baker being the question for the Browns is fair, and it's relatively speaking. He's still a good quarterback. He has to prove that he mm-hmm. deserves to be among the greats. Right. So, But I think on a roster level, I don't see many holes on the Browns roster. I still don't. Their tight ends still don't nearly impress me as much as... I think that they are... Look, they signed... Hooper, right? They definitely like um, the guy they drafted last year. His name was just there in the escape, Harrison Bryant. Okay, um, and then I think they still, well and good. they still have Njoku as well, right? Like, I mean, it's all well and good. They're talented at the position. Well, they have guys. I There's have questions about how 
Like the, they were they, better but, without but none Odell of those last guys, year, right? Like, like Austin Hooper was worse in Cleveland than he had been in. They were Atlanta. doing a lot of three tight end sets last year. That's right? fine, like they, but none of them really did anything. I hear you. Like they, they're all they all proved to be guys. They all had their moments. Okay. Had, look, I'm not. I think they have enough talent at tight end. That's not where I think they're like. It's. I don't think they're anywhere in a place where like they are hurt by their tight end position. They have a lot of weapons on offense. Now, I'm not sitting here telling you that I think the Browns are going to win the AFC North. Mm-hmm. I'm saying ultimately, on a roster level, the questions surrounding largely the offensive line for the Ravens mm-hmm. and how instrumental what that is to what the Ravens do is, like if they are not able to just go out there and move teams the way we're used to in the run game, then we don't really know what this looks like. Well, yes. Like. I mean, if they're not capable of doing the thing they do, then, yeah, there's going to be serious problems. There's no question about that. Um, but I I don't have any reason right now to say I don't think they're going to be capable of doing what they do, which isn't to say I don't have offensive line questions. It's to say that everything we know about Again, Greg Roman and Most offensive linemen can run block. And, and, you like, know. Th- there's every reason to believe they should be able to functionally do what they do. The problem somebody would say is that this isn't as much about whether or not they can do what they do. It's can they be better? Can they go a step further than that? And based on what the offensive line is, I don't know that answer. Look, I... Getting this answer is going to depend on a lot of things. They didn't off-season their way into being the team to beat in the AFC. Not that I expected that's what they were going to do, but you they have to let it... They traded for Julio, right? Like if, you have to let it play out before you judge that. If 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 they decided to have sort of a, a bonkers all-in off-season, there is some world in which you could say, look, they might not... They still might not have Patrick Mahomes, but they did everything right, short of having Patrick Mahomes. The they've got in Shaq order, Barrett on. Right, in order to be right. the team to beat in the AFC or at least to be parallel with the Kansas City Chiefs. So now, trying to make up the disparity between the not just the Chiefs, but obviously the Bills and any other top mm-hmm. team in the AFC is going to require more development. It's going to require more good fortune. It's going to require there's there's a billion different ways to close the gap. The development side of it, specifically their second year players. Mm-hmm. The the difference might end up being is J.K. Dobbins a good player or is he a superstar? He really hurt his trainer. Uh sure. He's got that going for him, which is nice. And we're available if uh, you need guys. Keep keep doing this. Sure. 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 Available. I don't know how many hours that job requires, but um I got a few falls in me. Yeah, I definitely I've got a couple of yeah. those. A couple of those I could take. <laughs> Give me that pad, we're good. Oh, no doubt. Um so it you know, is that the difference? Is is Patrick Queen taking another step forward as a player sure. overall? Is that the difference? Is Tyus Bowser gonna is, find a next step in the pass rush department? Right. Can right? he become a real edge rusher versus just being a solid football player? Is Tyree Phillips really ready to be mm-hmm. a high-level starting right yeah, tackle in the there NFL? There are not things to, you could foresee working out for the Ravens. Well, and develop, turning these development into, has to be a part of it. Yeah. They're going to have to close the gap by development. Which was Their always players, the case, right? Like, it's not as if... It was the most likely case. I mean, I'm not saying in a... But when I talk about the idea when we were discussing, well... The Ravens are going to have to turn things around quickly by finding premier talent in the draft, 
like when they got Lamar before, mm-hmm. we're talking about the Saints model. Mm-hmm. And then when we talk about what the impact is of finding a premier quarterback and what that does to your cap room and your roster construction, it was always going to end up falling back on the evaluation and development of the players that you draft to an extent. To an extent, yes, to an extent. Right, like you've um, got to be shrewd in where you spend your money and all of the above. But ultimately, and the Ravens wouldn't want it any other way, right? Like there's no team with a higher percentage of drafted players on their roster than the Ravens. They are confident in their ability to develop okay but that can be debated they can be as confident it. in that as they want there can be debate about whether or not sure. they're really capable well, of no developing team is perfect look 18... it's not even about whether or not it's perfect i i think there can be a debate about the last five years sure. about how good they are i get it like is starting caliber good enough is it good enough to just find guys that you're comfortable playing who aren't necessarily going to be difference makers i mean that the, there is absolutely room for conversation there but there's no debate that for them to close the gap there have to be steps taken now significant steps taken by players at certain positions there's no there's nothing they can do justin houston can't make up that difference for them they absolutely need a step forward not only for tyus bowser they need jalen ferguson to take a step mm-hmm. forward some which well he doesn't require much doesn't require much that's <laughs> fine they need to take him uh, i get uh, it they uh, need him to actually play snaps and be useful correct yes that's what they need they need 100 percent to have jk dobbins become a difference maker not a guy that we see potential mm-hmm. in not a guy that a we guy who you're like how are you not giving him more touches kind of guy i mean a guy that right. is talked about among the better running backs in football and they, is a factor in the passing game and correct all of those things is not whiffing on blocks you know all of that they need jk dobbins and to if you're be, looking for people to whiff, like we are available we can whiff keep on the, blocks. yeah right yeah actually i would say that with the best of them yeah. the best of them we I can got whiff you. on blocks they need all of that. They need they need Rashad Bateman to be better this year than the than best. They need him to be the best rookie receiver in Ravens history by far. By and far. Hollywood was pretty good. Hollywood was good. He well, was a, maybe by far one, is unfair. it was a hell of one. Hollywood was good, and frankly, Torrey Smith was much better. I than, still think they need him to be better. I think they need I don't him to disagree. be able to be, to be the yes. go-to guy right away. That's that's the path, and they need good injury fortune. They need to stay healthy. They might need other teams to suffer. The, the correct injuries in order to be that team. Luck, yeah. There is a roadmap that can get you there. There is a roadmap that can play out how this Baltimore Ravens team can win the AFC. If what if like but you know, on, there's a, there's a, if Lamar is now just suddenly the most pinpoint accurate passer in any yeah, NFL. That would be very helpful if you that know? could be the case. No doubt. I would sign up for it if, if it's being offered. Th- those are the things. that Those things can get you to this point. It can be done. We can b- rebuild him. We have the technology. Mm-hmm. But on paper today, it's questions. Some responses this morning to our think tank question. Nick Kelly, I think they remain in the top four in the AFC with KC, Buffalo, and Cleveland. If the rookie wide receivers adjust quickly to the NFL, then I'm confident this team can make the AFC championship at a minimum and minimum and maybe even upset Kansas City. Paul from Obilando, I think overall they match up better on paper than they have the past two seasons. With the assumption that the wide receiver core is improved, Queen and Harrison will have experience and depth in the secondary. If they were, if they could acquire Ertz. Paul from Obilando is obsessed with Zach Ertz, by the way. He's messaged me about Zach Ertz. He's still out there? He, uh, for a trade, oh, yeah, he's available. Yeah, yeah. I'm not giving up yeah, anything if, real. They, if want, they, they, could, would, they want something, you know, like a third at least probably for Ertz, and I don't even think... 
He's not a good blocker. I, I know that. I, I mean, I don't know if they can get that. I don't think so, so either. either. He's not a good blocker. I tell you that much. If they could acquire Ertz, even though he's past his prime, then we're really cooking on offense. That's a weird. It's it's a weird obsession with Ertz being the difference specifically. Look, it would be interesting if you were to get him for a song, but I, I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't take him. I'm just, I, I, I don't know, uh, Alejandro. I think they've done enough to remain competitive and be in the conversation for Super Bowl contenders. Most of our glaring needs were filled. Well, except one sure. really significant one. That's that's kind of part of the problem here. From Dan, uh, Dan says, uh, Glenn, the simple answer is no. They do not match up right now with the top teams in the AFC if we're specifically referring to the top teams as Kansas City and Buffalo. That doesn't mean they can't beat them because football isn't determined on paper, but right now those teams will be considered by everyone to be better than the Ravens. The Ravens still have ground to make up, even though they don't really have the players left to... I guess he's saying there aren't more players to sign that can fix it. Yeah, I mean that's, that's probably realistic. Yep, I think that's I think that's that's very fair. Rodney leaves it as simple as it depends on how well they can fix the offensive line. I I don't know right now. I mean, even that might not be enough. Right. right? I like, don't know right now that the Ravens had a really good offensive line the past two years. Like if if they had taken if they had somehow traded back into the the front end of the second round using next year's pick Tevin to Jenkins. take Tevin Jenkins, I don't know that I would sit here today and say for sure they're definitely right. on par with the Kansas City Chiefs. No. Now they didn't even do that. We don't so, know. We don't know really what it is that it takes to beat them. It's a sort of no, you know, vague and elusive question. No, quite elusive. Quite so elusive. like when you talk about it, it's really just theorizing. Yep, no doubt about it. I want you to continue to get me your responses. Where do you believe, now that we know essentially what the roster is going to look like, and again, I get it, I'm saying essentially because there are still some things that can and will change, but now that we know essentially what the roster will look like, where are you as far as how far the Ravens are from the top teams in the AFC? Get your responses in, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter throughout the course of the morning, and we will continue to get to them. Today's show is also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. When we come back in, we're going to chat with Rashad Bateman, Baltimore Ravens first-round pick. He joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The annual MIAA Lacrosse Championships are coming live to Anne Arundel County for the first time ever. The MIAA Lacrosse Championships feature some of the nation's top lacrosse programs as well as the future stars of the game. Join us Tuesday, May 18th and Friday, May 21st at the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland. Tickets are on sale now. To learn more, go to MIAAChampionships.com. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. 
Hey, this is your guy, Chris Rulin from Great Eights Memorabilia, coming to you to talk about Baltimore Celeb Fest. 50 wrestlers at Benfield Sports Center on Saturday, May 15th from 11 till 3. We will be there with the Great Eight Stable, with the Murder Hawk Monster, Lance Archer, the Machine, Brian Cage, the beautiful people, Angelina Love, Velvet Sky, Matt Seidel, Flip Gordon, Tessa Blanchard, Diamante. You can meet all eight of them for only 200 bucks. All the details at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. It's GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Also, we have great private signings coming up with John Harbaugh, Anquan Bolden, Jonathan Ogden, and more. That's GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Remember, be great. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit, and after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover luke jackson profiles top orioles pitcher john means and the role new pitching coach chris holt is taken with means and the entire organization inside matt kremnitzer reflects on nick markakis's career and bo smolka looks at what to expect from the ravens 2020 draft class in their second season press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of PressBox. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. The Orioles took two or three from the Athletics. Had a real chance to sweep the series. Didn't happen, but still. Another good day from Harvey. Another very good day from Harvey. Another brilliant day as well from uh, John Means. Like to uh, see. It's pleasant. It's pleasant. Sure. Trey Mancini's rake and all those things. Mullins continues. Hayes. Yeah, sure. Hayes. All those things. Hayes likes to play the Hayes. Okay. I think all of his homers against them. Is that true? I believe so. I did not know that. How about that? 
All right, so now we've done, we've covered that portion of the program. I mean, I, we'll talk more Orioles as the week goes on. Obviously, the, there's one NFL draft during the course of the year. There's 162 baseball games. That's the way that it goes. And supplemental S- draft also. So Thank you, Kyle. Thank you. It's, it's dynamite observation on your part. Really appreciate it. You know what we'll spend no time talking about? Mm-hmm. The release of the NFL schedule. We'll spend zero time talking about that on this program. Uh, well, I mean, if the Ravens take a player, we'll talk about that then. If they don't, then yes, we'll also spend zero time talking about the supplemental draft. All right. Uh, you know, we've been trying to uh, touch base with all the draft picks, and, and it's it's been hit or It's not like last year. Everybody was just sitting at home, like, happy to get a call. They actually are are able to go do things, and so it's a little bit tougher. We do. Uh, we know that Dalen Hayes is going to join us tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We're working on a couple of other ones right now. But we had the opportunity a little bit earlier on to catch up with the 27th overall pick, Rashad Bateman. Let's take a listen right here on GCR. It's a pleasure to be joined now here on GCR by the man who heard his name called with the 27th pick in the NFL draft. He is your new Baltimore Ravens wide receiver. Rashad Bateman joins us once again here on Glenn Clark Radio. Rashad, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. I know it's been a whirlwind. Really appreciate you squeezing us in for a few minutes. No problem. Thank you. Hey, uh, love to be here. Can, can you put into words what like the last 48, 72 hours of your life have been like? Like just in, in the way that you dreamed it was going to be to now being able to live it out, how does it compare? Um, it's crazy. It's a lot of quick turnarounds. Uh, get drafted, fly to Baltimore, you know, coming back. Hopping back in the workout routine. Um, it's been crazy, that for sure. But, you know, I'm just happy and excited to be a Raven. All right, so we talked a couple months ago, and I, I got the sense then, this was like, we're going back almost to the beginning of March at this point. Mm-hmm. I got the sense then that, like, you kind of felt there might be something with Baltimore. You played it cool. You were like, I ain't going to say anything too much because I don't know. I could end up in Pittsburgh. I could end up in, in, in Cleveland. Right. But, but did you, as this process even began, did you have a feel like there might legitimately be a fit and Baltimore might be a viable place that you could end up? Most definitely. Um, going back to uh, when we had talked first, um, I definitely, I mean, at, at that time, I don't even think I had talked to coaches or anything, but, you know, uh, for some reason, Baltimore was in my gut. You know, uh, look how it turned out. I mean, it, it could, it's serendipitous, right? That's the word that we use, man. It's serendipitous, sure. dude. You, you got into the building, as you mentioned. You flew into Baltimore. You were there on Friday. Who all did you get to spend time with on Friday? And just, like, what really were your impressions? Did you did you feel officially like you were an NFL player being in there? Yeah, most definitely. I got a chance to talk to Coach Harbo and, uh, and the GM, uh, you know, some more guys in the facility. Um, but, you know, being in a facility, uh, you know, seeing the logo, you know, seeing all those things, you know, just being there, uh, it definitely hit me. Uh, but it was fun. Uh, you know, I'm surrounded by good people. You know, that's what matters most. I imagine you saw the video of Hollywood and Marlon and Lamar reacting when your pick was announced on Thursday. I guess let me start. You saw the video, right? Yeah, for sure. What What does that mean to you when, you know, league MVP – um, you know, a, a guy that was a first-round pick himself. I guess all three of those dudes are first-round picks. Marlins an all-world corner. What does that mean to you to see those guys that hyped that you were joining them? Uh, you know, it definitely feels good um, to have them, you know, want me to be part of the organization. Or, you know, I'm excited to get to work with those guys, excited to meet them all, you know. Uh, you know, at this point, you know, we're just stationed in the ring. He is, of course, Rashad Bateman, new Baltimore Ravens wide receiver. He's with us on GCR. Rashad, when we talked a couple months ago, you said something that was like really honest, and I greatly appreciated it. You said, 
Uh, when I was at Minnesota, I was okay at blocking. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't perfect. And I greatly appreciated because like, most dudes would just say, oh, man, I'm the, be- I'm the, be- you know, I'm the best at everything. You've got to pick me at number one. I'm the best at everything. Can, right. can you take me back to you know, the reason that you decided to be honest in answering that question and knowing that we're talking about it because it's going to be something that you probably have to do here more than some places that you might have ended up? Uh, for one, um, I know that everybody has seen it. <laughs> uh, so there's there's really no part in me to try to lie about it or hide myself up. Uh, I'm a pretty honest guy, so uh, you know I don't have to hide anything for anyone. So I was straight up and f- straight up and forward with it. Um, you know, there's a lot of areas that I got to get better in. You know, uh, so I'm just focusing on everything. But you know, blocking uh, is definitely something that I need to work on. You know, and I will. Um, I know the Baltimore stuff would get me prepared for whatever I need to be prepared for. So I'm excited. And I appreciated that part of when we talked the last time because you said it's, it's not like you're unwilling. This isn't a thing where you were like, I, I'm not going to want to do it and Baltimore would be the wrong place for me because of that. You know, like you understand that this is something that, they, that wide receivers have to do a little bit more than other places and, and you're willing to sign up for that. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, blocking is part of being a receiver, um, not just catching the ball and running with it. So, um, you know, I take pride in that. You know, um, it's just something I got to get better at. You know what I will? It just takes time and reps and practice, so I'm looking forward to it. Rashad, there's been like this weird, almost controversy. I know you addressed it in the press conference on Friday about the size that you were listed at in one place and then what you measured in at, and people have pointed out you're not, you know, what you actually measured in at, you're not that much different than a lot of other receivers that are considered only inside guys, but yet we think of you as being a primary outside guy, despite the fact that you're not 6'5", 6'4". Mm-hmm. How did you separate yourself in that way, despite not being as big as maybe some people think you are? How did you manage to separate yourself to become a quality outside wide receiver, despite you know literally only being six foot? I mean, I think it all starts with the mindset, um, having confidence in yourself. Um, but yeah, you need to be big and fast and strong, but like you know, it all starts with your mindset. I mean, shout out to Devontae Smith. Bro just won a Heisman, right. 160 pounds. So um, at the end of the day, it's not about how, how big you are and how fast you are. You know, you just gotta, you know, you just gotta put your head down and go to work. You know, it, it might help you if you are bigger and faster, but um, it's not like you have to be that way. But you know, I'm comfortable with how my body feels. You know, my weight, you know, my speed. So. Uh, you know, I can just only focus on what I can control. Let's be clear. You're not 160 pounds either. We'll make that very clear. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm not 160 pounds. I'm not 195. Right. No. You're a bit more than that. Um, and, and is that the goal? Is the goal to play at 195 this season, Rashad? Yeah, probably uh, play at 195. You know, that's what I'm comfortable at. You know, I can move around there and feel good. So, um, hopefully, like, you know, I can uh, maintain that and stay there. Are you the type that, like, fluctuates in the off season? Like, you decide to, like, put a little bit more back on before the season begins? Or are you comfortable? Like, do you carry 195 at all times? Um, I try to carry 195 at all times. But my weight does fluctuate just because, you know, uh, that's just how my body is. I miss one meal. You know, I drop weight, you know, uh, things like that. And lately, you know, I've been traveling a lot. You know, I haven't sure. been, like, set, set in one place to, really lock in on my body so uh, i'm just excited you know to lock in you know so i can maintain how i feel um and just get the work you got to eat food in like an airport or something like that it's not quite the same as when you have everything prepped and planned and prepared for you during the course yeah, exactly. of the year right sure. rashad bateman with us here on gcr rashad i got a friend uh out in minnesota who um got, you know kind of unique similarities he uh was a receiver at minnesota and he ended up coming to baltimore and i know he does tv out there his name's ron johnson um, I assume that you know Ron a little bit. He was telling me a bit about you. And one thing that I didn't know about you, do you, do you have a row-the-boat tattoo? 
Yes, I do. Wait, tell me about why that was something that you got so invested in um, within that culture that P.J. Fleck brought and what Row the Boat means to you. Um, you know, first I got it before I reported to college just because, you know, it was our college, our anthem, you know, our slogan, uh, you know, what we went by. So um, I just always wanted to have that with me and carry it with me forever because uh, choosing Minnesota was a, a big life decision. So, um, you know, everything I have on my body is, is pretty important to me. Um, and then when I got to college, you know, I started learning more about rowing the boat. And at the end of the day, it's just a never give up mantra. Um, you know, and, you know that's the mindset that I have. Uh, I think that's how I got to where I am now. Um, so just keeping that mindset, you know, and just learning more about rowing the boat and the things that Coach Flett has taught us, um, it's definitely made me a better person and, you know, and a better athlete. So um, I, I definitely cherish that a lot. Can you explain it to me for, you know, for people? I think I've heard the story a few times, and I know Pete, Coach Flett's been through a couple of things in his personal life that led to this, but... You know, can you explain to me more of what row the boat means and how you take that with you day in, day out, practice out, you know, game game in, game out? Man, to be honest, the never give up mantra, that's the best way to summarize it. There's so much the more that goes into it that don't nobody really know about. Uh, and for me, uh, I can explain it, but it'll take an hour and a half, you know. So uh, I don't really want to try to get well, All right, we'll, we'll save that. We'll bring you out for a live event one night. We'll make sure <laughs> that we do that. Yeah. We'll make that happen one night that we go deeper into that. All right, sure. so so the draft plays out, uh, and there's two guys we need to talk about. The first, of course, being, um, you know, what's your reaction when you find out that Ben Mason is going to be joining you? Uh, I was definitely excited, um, you know. Um, to be honest, you know, at the end of the day, um, being around good people, um, just being in a good organization, you know, uh, I'm just excited to be there, to be honest. I mean, I, I hear you. I mean, is, it, is there something about, like, um, Big Ten guys? Like, do, do you have, you know, I, I know we asked about Adafi during the press conference the other day. Do, do you know either of those guys at all, like, as, as guys that you've gone up against or just because you're on the same side? You know, it, it, has there been any interaction over the years? Um, no, not really. Um, I didn't really know those guys until uh, we got drafted. You know, I really haven't really got a chance to meet them to meet him yet, um, but uh, I'm just excited to get to work with him, you know, and get, get the opportunity to meet him. Had you gotten to know Tylon at all going through this process, being another receiver? No, I haven't. Man, this is going to be, I guess it was a little bit different this year because you guys didn't have the same events and the same, all that sort of, uh, you right. know, opportunity. The combine was obviously not the thing that it normally would be, so it's yeah. going to be kind of an opportunity to do that. What what What's the focus now, trying to hit the ground running, right, what is the priority for you over the course of the next couple of weeks and months? Um, you know, it's also, you know, just stay in the shape, continue to work out, continue to get better. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, we'll find out when I, when I report, when I move there, you know, uh, hit the ground running, uh, you know, uh, just be, being able to get there and, and adjust, uh, pick up the playbook, you know, uh, get thrown with Lamar, you know, different things like that. So I'm um, just really looking forward to getting to work. Who have you heard from? Whose who's message, you know, whether it was, you know, a, a hug that you shared with somebody in your family or a text that you got from someone, What what's the one that stuck with you the most other than the call from the Ravens, which obviously is the one that changed your life and it's going to be the most important one you'll remember forever. But other than that, what's the message you got from someone since Thursday that's meant the most? Uh, not really a message, but um, when watching the draft, you know, when they call my name, just watching my mom's reaction um, really uh, weighed on me a lot. Uh, it was important for her, as it was important for me. So um, just seeing her reaction, seeing how proud she was, uh, definitely meant a lot. I, I know that you've made public a little bit about your relationship with your mom. Um, can, can you can you share without going too deep into it? Because I know you've already done that. But can you can you just share more of what she's meant to you and how important this is to you have this opportunity to take care of her moving forward? She's just has been my role model all my life. Uh, you know, seeing her work at the growing up. 
um, being going through things that we went through. You know, she never gave up. You know, she always worked hard to provide for our family uh, to make sure that we had everything that we needed and what we wanted. So um, I definitely cherish that. You know, I know she's proud. You know. Um, I look up to her for that. So um, uh, it's just a happy moment for our family. You planning on doing anything for her? You have something in mind that you want to uh, try to take care of for her? Yeah, that'll happen when it happens, man. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't planned it out yet, is what you're you haven't You haven't fully. There's not like one thing that you've been dreaming of spending money on for your mom. It has been. Okay. All right. All right. We'll save it. All right. I get what you're saying. We'll save that. That'll be a special moment, I have no doubt, when you're able to do that for her. Is she going to be, is the plan for her to come with you out here? Um, I don't think so. Okay, but is she the type that wants to be at every game no matter what? Yeah, she will. Okay. <laughs> like, I mean, I, that's, you got to love that about moms too, right? <laughs> like, no matter how old you are, they want to be there. Hey, man, I totally, I totally get that. That's really, really cool. Um, Rashad Bateman, uh, I, I, it's, it's unbelievable how this worked out, that the, the, the dude it, 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 can you talk about what you've heard from Ravens fans? And, and for months now, the, you've been the guy that every Baltimore Ravens fan has wanted. Um, the, the, the reaction that you've gotten, I don't even know if you've had a chance to like spend a moment going through it, sifting through it on Twitter. Has any of that really struck you, how much this means to Ravens fans that you end up being the guy that comes here? To be honest, I've, I've been very busy. Uh, I haven't been <laughs> on social media that much. I just been focusing on other things, you know, so I can get prepared uh, for for the season, you know. Um, but, you know, I go through it, you know, I did see a lot of Baltimore fans, you know, uh, wanted me to be in Baltimore and things like that. So um, it's, it's definitely exciting, you know, that um, I'm able to be there. And, you know, hopefully we can bring a Super Bowl back. Can you, can you, do you have a message that you could give the Ravens fans about the excitement that you have? I just want them to know that I'm really excited, you know, I'm ready to get to work. Um, you know, I think we could do really special things in the future, so I'm excited about the future. I love that, man. At R underscore Bateman2 on Twitter is how you follow him. Um, and then on, give me give me Instagram, and then you got a YouTube channel as well, right? It's... Yeah, my Instagram is Bate.13, and my YouTube is just for Sean Bateman. And there's some really cool content on there from you as you've been going through this process, right? Like people are going to be able to see some behind-the-scenes stuff about how how this all worked out for you, correct? Oh, yeah, that, that's some good stuff on there. That's all right. And then you like you did a – I saw like a gymnastics thing that you tried doing, which is just – it's crazy to me, bro. You're an unbelievable athlete, man. You Thank are unbelievable. You, yeah. Uh, I wasn't too good at it, but yeah, it, I tried it out. Hey, man, it's it's a cool thing to try, right? There'd be a lot of dudes who'd be like, nah, I ain't going to do that. <laughs> if somebody pitched it to me, I'd say, I, I don't need to embarrass myself that way. You stepped up to the plate, man. Rashad, really appreciate you taking the time for us. Congratulations again on becoming a Baltimore Raven. Can't wait to get to know you more as you, uh, you, get di- you du- guys dive back in in preparation for the season. Thank you. I appreciate it. Rashad Bateman, Ravens first-round pick, checking in with us here on GCR. Appreciate him doing that. Uh, we can push the break. We can talk to uh, Jeff Zrebeck first cool. and then take a break. Hour number one, just about a wrap. It's also been brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia. We had such an awesome time hanging out with Chris and the crew Thursday night at Looney's Perry Hall, and they have so many more wonderful events coming up, including some private signings with guys like John Harbaugh and Quan Bolden and Jonathan Ogden. The Grade 8 Stable will be at Baltimore Celeb Fest on May 15th, where you can meet pro wrestling stars like Brian Cage, who's going to join us this week on Jobbing Out, uh, as well as Lance Archer and Matt Seidall. Also coming June 27th, the inaugural Tucker Fest at Jerry's Toyota. You can meet Justin Tucker, live music from Joey Harkham and Dave Teeth during the day. Find out about all these great events right now by going to great8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight in Great 8's memorabilia. 
Com to find out more. If you missed it over the weekend, the local kids that ended up getting drafted, Joshua Kando uh, was the highest pick of the group, fourth round of the Kansas City Chiefs. Victor Demukeji ended up going to the Cardinals in the sixth round. Former Terp Jake Funk, Damascus, right. went to the Rams in the seventh round, and the one that's most painful. Eesh. Newtown zone Quincy Roche goes to the Steelers. Already saying mean things about Ravens stuff. Sixth round. I know. I know. That's what he got. It's, it's, I get it's, it. He plays a Steeler now, man. What's he supposed to do? I get it. It's the way it is. So that's a bummer, but uh, we're happy for all those guys. Uh, good dudes, and so good luck to them, the local products, as they got there. And a couple other guys that were signed afterwards. I know Cam Kinley from Navy was signed as an undrafted free agent. We'll go through uh, some of that later on in the program. Into hour number two from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Always happy to welcome in our friend, Mr. Jeff Zrebeck, who covers the Baltimore Ravens for The Athletic. He's with us now on GCR. Jeff, uh, you got any sleep over the last couple of days? <laughs> Good morning, guys. Uh, to this, this Last night I did. I crashed hard last night, but uh, I, I really enjoy the draft. Uh, I, I do. It's always so much fun. It's provides so much content. The fans are so into it. Um, but I, I always forget by that Saturday afternoon how much that starts dragging. Oh, and, no doubt. Uh, you know, I joke that we should all uh, pitched in and got Eric DaCosta a fruit basket for trading that sixth and seventh rounder. Right, <laughs> just and, to wrap it up earlier, getting that over a little quicker. <laughs> but yeah, it was a fun weekend. But it certainly can be. It certainly does get tedious uh, on day three. So you know, I'm not the type. I, I don't care much about draft grades because they they tend to yeah. be no more than an exercise in bias for anyone. So that does nothing for me. But I do think it's relevant, sort of taking a holistic look at where the roster is now because. Essentially, and, and we can talk more in a minute about what they might do starting today. Now that um, the, you know, c- compensatory picks won't factor into the equation for signing free agents, but we essentially know where the Ros- Ravens roster is. So, Jeff, have I broadly asked you to say now, knowing what they've done and essentially what the roster is going to look like, where do you think the Ravens find themselves in comparison to the other top teams in the AFC? How could you broadly answer that question? Oh, that's a good question. I, I do think they're improved. You know, I, I think this is an improved football team. Um, you look at when you go position by position, um, you look at, you know, I think in just about all of them, they've either gotten better uh, or stayed the same. And in in the stay the same part, those positions kind of have young players that you expect to kind of go to the next level here that would make the position group better. Guys like Dobbins at, you know, running back and, mm-hmm. you know, Queen Harrison inside linebacker. I think there'd be better in those two positions just because those guys having a full year under their belt. Um, the issue is I, I think, you know, the top teams in the AFCs have really good off seasons. I, I mean, that you look at what the chiefs have done and, and, you know, how they've reorganized their offensive line. It reorganizes even the word. It's completely rebuilt, uh, you know, with some Pro Bowl players on there. Uh, Bills keep getting stronger. I'm so impressed with what their GM continues to do. Um, you know, I think the Browns have had a scary good offseason. I, I really do. I mean, I, we've all known the talents there mm-hmm. uh, for a while. Um, now we saw the, uh, you know, um, with their GM and, and doing such a good job and their, you know, their head coach being, uh, very good. Now they have the other pieces in place to kind of take the talent, mold it and add to it and all that. So, um, that's the thing. I think the Ravens have improved. 
but I think the top the, the top teams in the AFC, or at least most of them, have either you know have gotten better too. So uh, I think they're a playoff caliber team right now. Um, do I feel any stronger about the ability to win a Super Bowl than I did you know this time last year? No. Right. Uh, but I think as we all know, you get into the playoffs and you're at your best. That's just sort of you know if you get in the playoffs, you're capable of winning a Super Bowl. That's how I look at it. Sure. Just because sure. you know we've all see every year teams get hot and kind of you know, uh, are able to go to the distance. And there's an amount of luck involved, obviously, with who yeah. get, you know who's hurt on your team, who's hurt on other teams. And I, and I think the other factor is development, right? Like the, the story for the Ravens to me in whether they're going to be able to beat those top teams in the AFC is how quickly do, say, these second-year guys come along. Is, is J.K. Dobbins going from a guy that, uh, you know, we see promise into becoming an utter superstar in the league within the span of the next eight months. Like those are the types of things now at this point to me that will make the difference in whether the Ravens can be a team that, that competes to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I totally think so. They have a big, uh, you know, they've had some big draft classes. This year's wasn't that big, uh, but, you know, they've got a lot of young players on their team. I, I meant to count it up, you know, before, but, you know, I was figuring after the draft, um, you know, you, you're, you, you probably have in the mid 40 guys that have two years of experience or less out of their 90 man roster it's probably over that by now glenn so um development's always going to be a big deal um you know the quarterback uh, you know i I think last off season he was hampered um you know didn't didn't really have the off season preparation that he'd like i think you know after winning the mvp i was kind of an exhausting year and probably took a little more time off than he would normally so um, you know, I, I think it's all going to come down to the quarterback, really. I, I, you know, we know the defense is going to be pretty solid, um, and uh, we know they're going to be able to run the football. Question is, can that passing game, uh, you know, go to the next level, and can the, can that develop into an efficient and competent passing game? It doesn't need to be a top ten group. It just needs to be a lot better and a little more explosive. And I think they have the pieces in place now. I don't think it's just on Lamar. I think it's on Greg Roman too, and it's on the receivers and. You know, the O-line's going to have to pass protect a lot better than we saw last year. But certainly, you know, Lamar is the guy that kind of gets everything going there. So he's the guy you look at uh, first and foremost. So let's go to O-line next. Jeff Zrebeck is with us from The Athletic. Jeff, I, I'm gonna, I'll combine two questions together. One, as I referenced, today's the day. Like, what's your gut tell you about what the Ravens do in, in terms of signing a veteran offensive tackle? And, and more than that, is the bigger question here about Tyree Phillips? Like, is the bigger question whether internally the Ravens truly believe that Tyree Phillips can be their 17-game answer as a starting right tackle? Because I I don't know how desirable the external options truly appear to be, even if they go that route and sign one or two of them. Yeah, you know, um, I, I do. I would expect them to make a move. You know, maybe not tonight, but this week sometime. I think you got to be careful if you do one of these moves at like 4:01, uh, right after the conflict deadline. You start getting some attention from the league, or well, did you pre-agree to this? And then you get in trouble from the league because you're really not supposed to do that. So uh, maybe it happens tonight, maybe later this week. Either way, I expect they're going to get somebody. And if you look at it, Dennis Kelly was released. So he wouldn't even count for this comp pick deadline. So there really so they could have no signed him hold. by now if they yeah, wanted him. Yeah, you could sign him right now. Now maybe they were holding off until the draft to see if they got a guy they wanted. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I think all signs kind of port to point to Villanueva um, and, and getting that done. And you know, look, he did not play well last year. I can't get the game 
against the Bengals is in prime time out of my head. I mean, he's still trying to block uh, Carl Lawson. It just never happened. And uh, he did not have a good year. And I think, you know, what the Ravens are, you know, are hoping and, you know, somebody, I was just told this by a position coach in another NFL team. He just basically said, look, if you can't play offensive line for the Ravens, you can't play because it's the most offensive line friendly scheme in the entire National Football League. And you have that quarterback behind you that bails you out of a lot. So I think they're hoping that Villanueva plays a little better last year. The scheme benefits him uh, running the ball constantly, and I know that's not been his forte. I just, you know, having a guy like Zeitler next to him who should help. I'm, I'm just thinking the combination of all those things. They think he's going to be a, a adequate, you know, kind of band aid for them. And Tyree Phillips behind him, maybe he does take the next step this off season. I know he's tweeted out some workout videos. I always think too much is made of those anyway in the off season, but uh, I think. You know, they still have hope for him. They're just not putting all their eggs in that basket. And then you got a guy like Andre Smith, who's a journeyman, been there, you know, been in the league forever, you know, kind of in that, uh, you know, DJ Fluker mode, where maybe if you had to rely on him for a game or two, you can get by. Um, I know it's not ideal at right tackle there, uh, but I think that's pretty much what they have now. Um, and, you know, I think that's going to be the biggest question mark. They put it on themselves. They stated first and foremost this offseason that fixing the offensive line is a priority. Um, Bozeman center, I think, is an upgrade. Uh, right, right guard, Kevin Zeitler, is a huge upgrade over what they were putting there last year. Left guard, Ben Cleveland, is he an upgrade over Bozeman? I don't know yet. We don't. We haven't seen him. So, uh, you know, there's a case that they could. They have upgraded it, uh, especially with the pass protection. But there's also questions about each side, particularly yep. about Ronnie Stanley's health, where you say, I don't know, you know. So I think there's going to be some skepticism there until we get these guys on the field. I agree. And I mean, and, and even still, I think we're all, you know, working under the assumption that Ben Cleveland's the guy. We're still talking about a late third round pick that we're penciling yep. in as yep. a day one starter in the NFL. And I'm not saying he won't be or he can't be or anything along those lines. It's just, it's a lot. That's all. It's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's no, it's a mean, lot. It's, yeah, it was the same as, uh, you know, we've all seen these guys, and they say on draft day, these guys are ready to be plug-and plays. Well, Ben Bredesen wasn't ready last year, and Ben Powers wasn't ready the year before, and Tyree Phillips was a day-one starter last year, and I don't think he was quite ready for the assignment. And again, it was a little bit unfair because he never played guard in his life. Uh, he held his own, um, but, uh, you know, being a plug-and-play uh, starter on a, you know, on a championship caliber team, that's a lot of pressure. So, you know, we don't know what Ben Cleveland's going to be. I, I do think, which I found interesting, you know, how much they wanted this guy. And uh, it's clearly a, John Harbaugh has been pushing this guy for a month. And, you know, of all the things we talked about leading into the draft, I think we thought they may, you know, all these Creed Humphrey and Landon Dickerson, Glenn, I think this was the plan. I think it played out exactly how they expected to. I think the plan was to move Bozeman to center and find themselves a guard either on uh, day one or day two, and there really wasn't any day one caliber guard. So uh, this is kind of just how it played out and how it executed. So uh, we'll see. I mean, the tackle positions, uh, I think, are very concerning no than anything right now. What about uh, the fact that they didn't add another tight end at all, Jeff? I mean, that, that still jumps off the page at me. Not not just because Nick Boyle is not a certainty. I know he told us that he's eyeing week one, but that's that's it. That's all. It's just eyeing yeah. week one. Um, it, it It's beyond that. It's the fact that we thought this team was better at what they did when they had three tight ends on the field at, uh, for good stretches. And 
I, I mean, I know that they've got guys on the roster and all that, but boy, it really is is almost alarming to me that this team has not prioritized the need to have a third tight end that, that you could count on being a part of this roster. Yeah, it does make you wonder. You know, I have I saw a report today that uh, Eagles were, uh, you know, one team was aggressively in on Zach Ertz and they just couldn't make the money work. I mean, would that surprise you if it was Baltimore? It certainly wouldn't. Um, you know, there's some guys out there, Delaney Walker still out there, some guys we've heard before, um, you know, and they got Josh Oliver, but who is, you know, I don't know who how he's going to play. Yes. We haven't really seen him. So, um, you know, they added Mason. It's just going to come to a, a question here. Is just like how many tight ends fullbacks can you keep here? You know, if you keep two tight ends or two fullbacks and, and three or four tight ends, you're starting to, you know, crunch yourself at some other areas. But I, I do agree it, it was an important piece. I know they liked a couple of those guys in the middle rounds. Uh, the kid from BC they definitely liked. Um, you know, the kid from Penn State, too. Um, you know, and there was that little run on them before they were on the yeah. clock in the third round with the Cleveland pick, and it just wasn't a good tight end class. And I just did so think if they 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 realized, look, if we're not going to get one of these top guys, we like our options better internally than any of these other guys we can get in the fourth or fifth round. So it, it definitely is something to watch. Um, but they do have a combination of players there, um, you know, to to make something work. And you know, and I know they're better with three receivers or excuse me, three tight ends on the field. But if they evolve this offense a little bit, I think you want to get more of the fast, speedy guys out there. And they certainly have enough cam receivers yeah. to do that now. So maybe it's, a, maybe it's a sign that, you know, what they want to do a little more offensively rather than relying as tight ends. I, I think there were people that were really jumping on to one, one comment in particular that, that you guys were tweeting out from Greg Roman on Friday as, as if it, it was uh, a sign that the offense is utterly changing. And I, and I just – there's – First of all, there there is no utterly changing a Greg. If you want to utterly change your offense, Greg Roman's not your coordinator. He does one thing. That's what he does. Now, that to that point, will there be evolution? And what you're talking about, will we see less of three tight ends and more speed receivers out there? I just I, I think that everybody is desperate to see a completely yeah. different offense when the we know what the answer is. Greg Roman's the coordinator. We know what he does. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but, you know, obviously within that, there are some elements sure. uh, that you could add. You know, there are some, you can do different things to evolve a little bit, but the bread and butter is going to stay the same. The strengths are going to stay the same. Um, and the identity of the offense is going to stay the same. So, um, yeah, they're not going to get too far away from that. I knew that comment from Roman would uh, yeah. would, would cause, uh, get the fans a little bit riled up, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him. There's no doubt. Um, you know, this is going to be looked at as a make or break season for, for this kind of offensive style of football. I would think, you know, how many times can you get to the playoffs? And if you don't kind of knock down the door, it's only going to get louder every year. Well, that you can't win a Super Bowl playing like this. So, uh, uh, we'll see. I would expect to see some differences on offense, but I do agree with you. Uh, I think people expecting them all of a sudden to become, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs sort of throw the ball around like the Bills did after getting digs. That's not going to be their strength. That's not how they're built. That's not the quarterback's strength. And uh, I don't think we'll see that, but we do do need to see a more efficient and, uh, you you know, explosive passing game. I don't think anyone disputes that either. Wrapping up with Jeff Zerbeck from The Athletic here on GCR. Two quick ones, if I could, before I let you go. I I think we probably put to bed any Julio Jones conversation at this point. All right. And then the the last one is... 
and, and, and generically, do you know, in, in doing any of this work, do you know anything more about the conversations related to Lamar Jackson and his contract? Have, have you heard anything more, or does it just sort of continue to be a, there's, there's no need to get it done right now, and nobody's in a rush to get it done right now? Yeah, and the Julio thing, Eric comes here called. He calls on everybody, uh, anybody who's available, um, to see if they can make something work. I, you know, I sounded like there was some optimism last week that at least it's a, it's a possibility. Uh, but I don't think, you know, you just need too much to happen, you know, not only the draft capital, but then you go about, uh, how, how do you fit him? Who are you cutting to fit him and, and who are you not signing next year because of the fact you have his contract on the, on the books? Uh, you know, and you need Julio's help. You need Julio to redo his contract. And is he going to want to do that to come to Baltimore where they don't throw the ball a lot? I don't know. So uh, I thought, um, you know, I don't, I'm not ready to just dismiss it totally, but I think that's probably not going to happen. And as for the Lamar deal, I don't have any indications that anything's really changed there. I mean, I think we're all learning to take certain things that Costa says and kind of think it through. Um, and I think he loves that. He loves the whole game of it. And one thing that caught me that he said the last time, not, not, not draft night, uh, not after the last day of the draft, he was asked about it, but the time before, he said, we know Lamar is pretty patient. He said something about Lamar being patient. So that kind of said all I needed to know about that. I mean, you know, Ravens kind of take things as they come. They're not a big, you know, they're a deadline team, you know, and, mm-hmm. I think they'll talk about it this off season. I think now the drafts in, in the back burner. I, I think they'll see if they can make something work, but I think they're also realistic and know a contract like this could could take some time. And uh, there's no real, you know, you don't want to paint yourself into a bad deal just because you want to get it done this off season. But you certainly want to touch base with the face of your franchise and see what he's thinking and what's his time frame and what is this going to cost and. You know, we've talked about it, Glenn. There's just the whole element with who's his agent, how mm-hmm. you negotiating this deal. It, it's a challenge, man. I would love to be a fly on the wall at the Ravens brain trust are discussing how they go about doing this. Uh, it, it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, if I'm a bet man, I say that they may not do anything this offseason. It's probably next, but I, I wouldn't be shocked by anything. I, I just think it kind of – he's their guy. I just think it's going to kind of depend on whether they can agree – uh, on the best timing of it and what's the best value. And check out right now at The Athletic a piece really breaking down the entirety of the Ravens roster as it stands at the moment. It's a tremendous read that, that gives you a holistic look at where this team is based on everything they've done so far. I would encourage you to check that out today uh, at Jeff Zrebeck on Twitter. Is there anything else I can plug for you that may be coming up uh, in, now that we now that we finally move on from draft season as far as <laughs> Ravens coverage is concerned? I'm the milk to draft for one more day. I okay. think I'm going to do the – I did it last year. I did a, a draft winners and losers, Raven version, uh, kind of who, who was positively impacted by the events of this week. Um and, uh, you know, like, did anyone have a better week than T. Martin? I mean, his son gets drafted the Green Bay Packers, and they get him two, you know, really good receivers. Uh, so I'll do that for tomorrow, and then I'm going to have to regroup here, uh, Glenn. It's been a grind with all the draft stuff. Now we have to kind of think about uh, what, what's the next level and what's going to be next for this Ravens team. And I'm sure Jackson contract talks and stuff are on it, but – even with the with no OTAs, it's just there's, we're still a ways away from some football, and, and that stinks. Uh, uh, you know, I think we all would love to see these guys in the field. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. Nice to have them just doing something to uh, to generate a little bit of interest for sure. 
Jeff, always appreciate you, brother. Thank you for doing this with us. Um, and enjoy maybe a little bit of downtime that you might get here. And we'll talk to you again real soon, all right? Sounds good, man. Take care, Glenn. Jeff Zerebeck covers the Ravens for The Athletic. Appreciate him taking a couple of minutes for us this morning, as always. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of PressBox. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort or perhaps it's convenience or technologically advanced connectivity or even sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. From Darren. Darren says, uh, Glenn, I like where this roster is. I don't think the Ravens drastically improved themselves, but I don't know if that's what they needed to do. I think they needed to put themselves in position to run it back, if you will. Obviously, last year was weird and goofy, but I don't think they were as far away as some people make them out to be. I don't think that's unfair, Darren. I, you know, to... I think most of us believe they were capable of going and beating the Bills, and as I've said a million times, who knows, right? If that, if 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 Lamar's able to make that throw to the wide open Mark Andrews in the end zone, and they get the touchdown there to tie it up, I I don't know how that game goes. But if they had defeated the Bills, every single one of us would have gone into the AFC Championship game saying we think they have a chance. Mm-hmm. Every single one of us. There is not one of us who would have said there is no chance in all blue hell that the Ravens can go to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. We would not have done that. We would not have said that. So, yeah, to your point, did they need to get drastically better? No, this is... They may have in the the grand scheme of the, you know, how many times a third play out of 100 would the Ravens win or lose? I mean, if they want to get that to 50-50, they would need to be drastically better, but but they don't need to get it. If it was Mm 35-65 when you played Kansas City... And in theory, some of the difference could be attributed to lack of talent outside at wide receiver. In theory. I'm not saying that is the yeah, difference. But, but if you want to do all these different scenarios, right? But, but I then think, could they have gotten to 37? Right, but I think that we'd have to admit there's regression elsewhere. Sure, you know what I mean? Like the, also Kansas City appears line, to be course, better, yes. and, and the Ravens don't appear to be course, as good in the offensive line. But if the difference line. is the Ravens were utterly incapable of playing from behind. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Again, this is not me saying it, right. It, but I'm saying if the Chiefs were to go up by 14, and the previous iteration of the Ravens did not have the weapons to threaten and consistently get back from those deficits, I could hear somebody theorize and say, "Well, I, the addition of Rashad I, Bateman should I, at least help some." I get what you're trying to say. I think it's a tough sell. I don't think it's hard to say if you if you measure it all out. We think we're still at 35. We don't think we're any worse. Sure. We don't think we've gone from thirty-five and a hundred, which yeah, is probably is probably favorable. You know, it's probably more like twenty-five to thirty. It, it, we're about the same as we were at that point. Maybe the difference being we think the Chiefs, on paper, are a little bit better than they were. Um, then I, I, you know, I, I think that's fair. And I think what you're saying is we know we're not the team to beat in the AFC, but. It's really going to be hard for anybody to be the team we to think beat it's a in the worthy AFC. gamble. We don't know, right. and we don't. It very well could play out that we end up being the one that wins. Yeah, the, the however it works out, whether that's because we get the opportunity and today is our day, or because the Chiefs 
end up going through injury issues again this year. Whatever they it have is, their bad day. And yeah, that. whatever it is that we believe we've given ourselves. I, yeah, sure. I think there's something said for Darren for the idea that while maybe as a whole the Ravens aren't much better than they were at the end of the year last year, if you look at a, a one to fifty-three type of picture, they they definitely appear to be better at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They don't appear to be as good on the offensive line. Edge the edge appears to be probably a bit of a drop off for uh, now, right? Like, yeah, I mean a, a slighter drop off, right? Because Ngakwe was such a nothing. Know, they didn't get the sack production last year to make you say that like they couldn't be better they, in the sack they, department. I mean, if OA is ready to make yeah. a, a or if a statement, takes the next step, whatever right? like, it is, or anybody. whatever it is. So you might even you might even try to call it a wash, but I it's I think it's for now it's, it's a, a bit of a drop a off. slight yeah. drop off, as I think is the the fairest way of saying it. Without much of anything changing elsewhere, with everything else development staying being about the, the same, and development and but, but everybody that, gets to the development. I think in Patrick Queen, you you do expect him to take an like he I, needs to be better in coverage this year. I, I, while I agree that every, all those other account, all of those other teams have, have players that you can assume well, yeah. are going to develop as well, right? Mm-hmm. Not just the Chiefs, the Bills, the Browns. Everybody else has their mm-hmm. the guys that you look at on their roster sure. and you say that guy should be primed. You've sure. just brought up Bryant at the tight end in uh, mm-hmm. Cleveland. So Somebody would say, we think he's a guy that's ready to take a next step and answer those questions. Everybody's roster has their own versions of that guy. But if ultimately what you want to say is, I think we're at about the same place as we were a year ago, just kind of moving the chairs a little bit, I probably am willing to to to, to say, yeah, that's about right. Um, and that's fine. That That is. This, is. this is very difficult. You can't have Patrick Mahomes. There's only one team that gets to have him. Well, it's also about the – you can't definitively say anything right now about what the Ravens are going I mean, sure. to be in the areas that they could have improved, right? Sure. Like, it could be that the offensive line is not worse than it was last oh, year. Oh, it could be the that wide it's receiver better, core of course. Is yes. significantly better, and that they do demand or respect. Or that the wide receiver core yeah. isn't better than they were right. a year but ago at all. the line right? is better. It's, it's 100%. Any of those things could be true. There's no doubt about that. And uh, Tony says, Glenn, did you actually end up watching any of the draft on set? No, I didn't, Tony. I'm I had it on the background. I did not. I watched none of it. I got. A, I had a kids lacrosse game. I had, uh, what else? I had something else I had to do on Saturday that I've already blanked on. So, no, I watched none of the draft. I mean, I was monitoring it. I, I was, did a bit of drinking on Saturday. Okay. That's, it's very unlike got you. Got back in the game. <laughs> oh, today's the day? No, I, had, I, don't, you know, I don't know if you heard. Not a lot of need to drink in the past, so I'm a social drinker. I like to. Ah, I don't yeah, like just yeah. drink by myself. It's not right, what I do. Right. But if I'm with my friends, then you know, I'll get I'll get a little saucy. Oh, so it's you were out. You were out having a. At my buds uh, place. Like yeah, a, he's like had a, a little had a little grill and sesh. Oh, oh a sesh. Yeah. I do enjoy a nice sesh actually. Had some every now uh, and then. beverages and uh, did a little putting. We made some nice fun drinking games. You made it. You did a little putting. Yeah, he has a putting room. We took it up to the deck. Also oh, had okay. fun with that. All doing right. a little gambling right. where you say you choose your hole and if you oh. say how many seconds if you make it. I lost a little money drink. on the derby on Saturday. Did, did Rick? Rick was he trying came to close. Yeah, what was he? He called the photo finish between essential whatever that one quality. Yeah. And Medina Spirit. But what were what were his top four? Because I know Nick Kelly put a bet in on Rick's top four. He had Central Quality, right. Medina Spirit. Yes. Who were the other two that were in that's his top he, that's four? Where I, uh, that's that's what I want to know. I just want to make sure there's no bizarro world where he, he was actually close and would have made actu- money. Or he actually got no. He had highly motivated and keep me in mind. So no, he did not. He did not. He was. How but, did my boy do? Uh, Hot Rod yeah. was third. Hot Rod I probably would have bet him in that. I age. lost a little bit of money because Jeremy bet him to win, so I went with that. That was the only bet I made this weekend. The only bet, and then my wife wanted me to bet some on Essential Quality, not because he was the favorite, because she liked how he looked. 
What does he look like? I don't know. What Man, color I, is he? I don't you think I remember this off the top of my head. I would hope. We're sitting there watching the race, and she looked at me, and she said, well, why didn't you bet on that one? I said, who's the favorite? Why would you bet on the favorite? Like, that's not going to help you, you in any way. Money, yeah. And it was sort of a fraudulent favorite because so much of the money had come in from that guy in Houston, the mattress, Mac fella. Mm-hmm. So much money. He bet over like $2 million on this horse alone. It's a lot of that money to put on a horse. It is. Well, he was doing it for the attention. He was all over the broadcast on nice Saturday. He was getting lots like, of attention. I don't need this $2 million. Well, I mean, he was hoping that he was going to get much more than that. But the, it would have only been four, right? Whatever it would have been. Wasn't it two to one? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I guess he would have maybe had a better number, maybe in theory. Well, or or he would have bet in places where you're getting, you weren't doing two to one. You're getting plus four hundred or whatever it would be. I don't know. I don't know. I literally don't know how all that works. Um. So I said I don't really want to bet on him, but she was just like staring at this horse. She's like, I want to bet. I want to bet on this horse. It's a beautiful horse. Is he really? I was like, if you say so. I mean, and I she liked hope. how he was reacting. She did not like how uh, your boy Chuck was reacting yeah, in the about, uh, in the uh, Charlie, in the post know? parade. So she said, "I want to bet some money." So I lost. Uh, I lost uh, twice. <laughs> lost a good amount of money. And then she did the bit. She was like, "Oh, you didn't bet him to show. You bet him to win." I'm like, "Yeah, because you were in love with him." You know what, Glenn? What? Your wife is right. It's a beautiful horse. It's a beautiful horse. Okay, now look up Hot Rod Charlie and tell me if Hot Rod Charlie this is, is a like beautiful This is like a horse. merle, silverish, a nice black mane. Okay. Hot. Whatever. Rod Charlie. I saw you. a picture of a golden horse. A what? Hot Rod Charlie just looks like a horse. <laughs> Hot Rod Charlie just looks like your stereotypical guys, brown horse. You guys are some weirdos, man. But gotta be honest with you. essential quality is a unique-looking horse. You guys are I some saw weirdos. a picture of a golden horse. I saw it, and I literally, before I opened the picture on Twitter, was like, that's a statue horse. That's a horse statue, a golden statue of a horse. And I opened it and looked closer. Legitimately a golden horse. They exist. So we got the middle finger from Baffert? We got... Uh... He was like, I'm too busy and tired. I hate you. I hate Glenn. He said, I hate This Glenn. is a bit much. Uh, I didn't really want to, like. I mean, I'm not trying to. I it. get that he is busy. Like, I understand that he probably, you know, he just won the Kentucky Derby right, two days ago. But, time. like, there's only so many markets that give a rat's ass I tend two to days agree. later. Like, it's not two days later. I agree. Nobody in Kenosha, Wisconsin cares remotely about well, you it. You didn't know? Yeah, I know. It's big in Kenosha. I understand that. The Kenosha kickers, yeah. of course. Poke, poke, poke. I'll tell you what. They were big in Sheboygan, horse. too. You are, you are upset. I'm in. One night, I swear to God, one night when we were we were engaged, maybe we were not married yet, mm-hmm. I came home and she was sitting on the couch with one of her friends looking at something. They were like they were like cuddled up together. Okay. Boy or girl? A girl. Okay. A girl. Um they were like cuddled sure, up you know? together looking at something on the internet and they were like, Oh, you're cute. Oh. Oh, I like you. I'm mm-hmm. like, what the F They were purchasing horse semen. Yeah. What does that go for? I have no idea. Couldn't tell you. I don't know if it was for her I or her friend. I this is a bit of a darker know. turn to this story. Yeah. Apparently, there is a very lucrative underground horse meat black market in Florida. Or like, oh, Florida. Yeah, believe it or not, Florida. But horse used to be an incredibly popular meat and commonly eaten meat. Oh. Until it was outlawed in the fifties. Oh. But like people will swear about okay. the medicinal benefits. Well, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna yeah, this could get a little dark. I'm just gonna move on. Well I'm just gonna move on. I have yeah. nothing to add to this conversation. It's wild. This is my new my new my new thing to say. 
is like so I, I I got together with my father-in-law and and his he recently got married I'm very happy for him your we've, father-in-law we've, yeah we've known her for a long time and okay. we like her a lot and we're 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 big Genevieve fans. is her name not Genevieve that we no we love them she's got a son who's uh, in his twenties we like him a lot but he lives now in Austin now which is a bummer because he's a good dude and visit him he kind of kept fun. I know I he's been trying we've been talking about yeah. it. Uh, when when live music is a a sure. complete thing mm-hmm. again, that we will definitely be making that trip. But we got together with them. They decided North by to Northwest have, and whatnot. South by Southwest, mm-hmm. yes. Um, they decided to have a fire on Saturday night, so we got together with them and some of her family. We've done Always this better a few when you times decide. Once that, yeah, when it doesn't just start, and you're like, oh, I guess we're, yeah. I guess we're firing now. <laughs> um, so we're over there, and I realized a couple times during the course, my my new favorite thing to say is that's all the that's that's everything that I have to say about that subject. <laughs> like I'm just out. Like I'm like, what if you're in like, what if you're talking to the police or in the court? I mean, I think sometimes it's appropriate for that to be your response is to say that's all I've got to say about that subject. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Say, one of the the younger like cousins of the family brought up a story, and I was like, I don't really have a lot to offer. How to young add. are you talking? Like young, young, like like our age, like thirty five, maybe she is. Not, that's not as young as I was thinking. Okay, I was expecting um, like a child. She, no, 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 no. This was an adult uh, event. Um, she, sorry, kids she, like fire too. One. Eh, yeah, but they they're the ones that tend to not announce when you're having a fire. So she brought up something, and I, it wasn't like uh, uncomfortable or anything like that. I just it was genuinely a subject I had nothing to add. You to. didn't want to put a you didn't want to yeah. put on theirs. Yeah. So I said, this is the only thing I can add to this topic, and then I'm going to have to just tap out and allow you guys to talk about it without my. You help. don't have to do that though, do you? Like you can just not I say. I think anything. in certain circles, people expect me to be the driver of conversation because of what I do for a living, and so this burden, is the burden you didn't ask for. You know, not a burden I asked for, but one that like it fits my personality, right? Like that that I would be the yeah, one that look, continues like to push our eyes the conversation and, and say an opinion on something, even if we don't have it. Yes, we're you know, capable like, of we that. We know what I the just, opinions I've are. Just got, it's like the thing I said about the draft to start. The, I've just gotten to the point in my life where I'm. I, here's here is everything that I can offer. I've got nothing else to offer. I mostly just talk about true crime these days. Oh, you're more of a true crime? Solving crime. them most. Wow, look at the world you're moving into. Yeah. It's a big, big change for you. It's been pretty impressive so far. All right, when we come back in, Jeremy Kahn is going to join us as we will chat with him about uh, the draft. We'll chat with him. I got some other things I want to deal with, some actual things I don't want to deal with with Jeremy. Stuff and things. Yeah, stuff and things, you might say. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a Trip the Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. 
C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Guys, we're almost there. As a lot of people have said, we are at the 10-yard line, but the COVID-19 pandemic is not quite over, so we need to continue to be vigilant, do the right things, including wearing our masks, and if we're going to wear them, why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players? Home team masks available right now. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. we got a purple and orange state flag neck gaiter for you, as well as the Celebrate 8 MVP neck gaiter, and an over-the-ear faded to Stress state flag and traditional colors mask. They're available. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. Let's get this over with. Wear our masks. Home team masks. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host Zach Goodman every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is GlennClarkRadio.com. Nothing but net. Glenn Clark here for Window Nation right now. Get 50% off all styles of windows, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest. Did you hear all of what I just said? 50% off, no money down, no payments, no interest for 24 months. What? I don't, I don't know if I even believe that. Jeez. 866 I mean, I'm the one saying it. Glenn Clark yeah, is know, saying right? it. I better believe it. 866-90Nation, windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. All right. Uh, our next guest managed to somehow get to the finish line. Well, or at least close to the finish line on Thursday night when we were hanging out at Looney's Pub and then uh, get like an hour and a half of sleep before he had to do his own show. You hear him every morning on the Big Bad Morning Show on 105.7 The Fan. You see his picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com. What's going on, Jeremy Kahn? How are you, my friend? What's up, man? 24 uh, months. That's almost two years. Yeah, so. I mean, it's pretty close, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's right good. in the neighborhood. No. <laughs> All right, so things, I, things are good, man. I was on a heater this weekend, so uh, yeah. lots of great picks. Yeah, you 
Yeah, I, Brian Powell was just telling me about all the money he made off of you. You know what the only bet is that I made with you this weekend? Don't. Hot <laughs> Rod Charlie to win. I, I said, uh. I said, I looked at your picks on Saturday. I just wanted some action on the Derby. I said, you know what? Jeremy loves him. I'm going to love him too. So somehow, even when you're doing unbelievably well, I screw it all up. And, it, and it's a shame, too, because like with Hot Rod Charlie, I, I believe, I, I'm, did it go off at 7-1 to one or 8-1? to one? I'm trying yeah, to remember. Yeah, like, so. the horse racing is so different than what I'm you know, usually accustomed to. Finishes in the top three and you know had a chance, but it is what it is. Oh, I think I, I think I, I think I put down like fifty, and I was looking at the number. I was like, "Wow, I'm gonna get a lot of money if this horse wins this race." It's close, but you know, no cigar. I, I really, I mean, I, I, I've got a lot of things to say about him being pushed out wide, and the, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. save that. For, nobody actually cares. We'll save it for another <laughs> day. That's the way that it goes. All right, so I want to talk to you. You know, you, you had to pull a damn near all-nighter uh, on Thursday night after our event at Looney's. And, again, thank you for being a part of that. It was an amazing, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was an it was amazing like, night. I felt like I was fading towards the end. Um, and, I, I mean, I don't mind being honest. Like, when you're doing a radio show, I'm like, am I giving it all I got right here? It's like, give it all you got. And I don't think <laughs> I was, but uh, I was were, starting to fade after, after a while. I, was, I tuned in, and I heard you make a joke. Then at one point I had to tune out. And then I tuned back in. And you went and back I heard for you make the and, same and I'm trying to remember sure. what the joke was. It, was. it was. Did you know that that Mac is Cam backwards? <laughs> <laughs> you did go to that well a couple of times. You did go to the Mac is Cam backwards well a couple of times during the course of the night. No, it was just nice to be out among people again, man. Like it's just been so yeah. effing long since we've been able to do an event like that. And but you know what I didn't miss is when you're doing a live show and somebody comes uh, up and they're talking to uh, you and they they mean no harm. There are no. some people that just don't realize it. They yeah. can start asking you a question. It's like I'm on the air. Right, like, what right. Do you want we're, me to do? we're doing a show right now, man. Well, we also are, you know, doing it the way that we do. We don't get to take like six minute long breaks and then throw to yeah. the, throw to the for an update and then throw to the reporter on location. Like we're we're doing it all ourselves. So there's not a lot of time in there to spend doing other things. All right, um, I want to talk to you about the draft, but before we do that, let's do this. So with that in mind, you're damn near all nighter. Give me your most significant all-nighter story from your life. Give me, like, the craziest, drove up to Atlantic City, got back, went to work at 6 a.m. What's your, like, all-time all-nighter story that you've told oh, in your life? Oh, I definitely have one. So, um, it's funny. When, I mean, everybody knows I work at 105.7 The Fan. So, I had uh, my old car went up on me uh, on, like, 83. My grandmother gave me a a Chevy blazer and it just, the engine went up. So I'm like, all right, this thing's trashed. I had to have it towed and I didn't have a car. So one Oh five, seven, let me drive around one of the, um, the fan scions. Okay. I, 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 we had scions even when I was there. In fact. Yeah. So one of the new ones, they gave it to me to drive around until I figured out my car situation the following, the following week. But I, you know, I need to get back and forth from work and I'm doing a split shift, blah, 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 blah. Well, my, my now wife, uh, we had just started dating. Her dad got rushed to the hospital and he almost died. So she had driven to Hoboken, New Jersey, for um, for a girls' weekend. One of her uh, high and, school friends. And, and if, is there is there any greater place to go for a girls' well, weekend than Hoboken, New Jersey? Well, the one girl Jersey. lived there, so they had a place right. to stay, and you All know, right. so it just made it easy. But it was still like uh, I don't know about a four hour drive or so. Um, and the girls that she had driven them, they didn't want to come back. So she's <laughs> like, "What do I do?" And I'm like, "Your dad's in the hospital. Like, you need to come home." I said, "I'm just going to come pick you up." And at that point in time, I was at the Sports Authority at White Marsh Mall, which is shut down. I was buying new cleats because I was playing in the 98 Rocks Toilet Bowl. The, the oh, that's the, the, yeah, Essex. Essex, yeah. 
football game, which I always wanted to play in. I finally got an invite. And I'm super excited to go. So I just take off from here, jump on 95 and start driving, pick my, my, uh, my wife up or now wife up, um, and take her to see her father, get there at about three in the morning. Um, before, you know, he, he didn't pass. They had to remove like a, a bunch of his small intestine or colon so, or whatever. It makes the story better, by the way. It yeah, would have been so a real rough still time. alive, thank God. Yeah. But they were real thankful. And I think that it showed him a little bit about me and who I was, that I just drove the entire night. I mean, I drove like eight hours just to make sure she got to see her dad. True. He's, had to, he's had to pretend he doesn't hate you ever since then, which yes, is it's very difficult. So, so I get there, and I'm able to get home, and I get, I think it was 90 minutes of sleep before the toilet bowl was going to start. So here I am, hopped up on Five Hour Energy, a bunch of Red Bulls, you know, uh, just ready to roll. And um, the, I get over to the field, and I don't even think that I'm driving the 1057 The Fan Scion, to which they're, oh, they're you're PR at the 98 people Rock. Oh, mind. God. Yeah. yeah. And I parked away from the – like, I didn't park like it – was, it was in the parking lot, but it wasn't like I just pulled it out on the field and just like, hey, here I am. Right. And then their PR um, our promotions director – flipped out on me and i i can't even say what i said because i'd be fired for some of the things i yelled at that woman um but like going back and forth i'm like what do you think kirk and mark are going to jump out of the back and we're going to ruin your football game like get out of here mickey Coachello's laughing i didn't even get to play i was so pissed after this i was something i was really looking wait, wait, wait. To. they didn't let you play no she kicked me out for driving that car no she thought i was yeah Oh, cause so, she thought it was a bitch. She thought you were you were there to like make fun of them or something like that. She thought it she was. She wouldn't even talk to me. She started screaming at me. She's like, "Whoever's driving this needs to come up here right now, or I'm gonna have the car towed." And I, I went up and I said, "Hey, look, I'm driving it. My car went up. I work at the other radio station. Oh. Mickey knows me." And then she just starts mfing me. Oh, so, you know, what? me being white trash, I gave it back to her tenfold. <laughs> um, and just started screaming at her, and everybody's watching. I'm like, "Well, I guess I'm out of here. I got two cleats though." Am I missing something, or is that an absurd reaction? Well, not at the time. It, that today it would be an absurd reaction. Like there, there was. I, I got of all. There's a million reasons why things have been uncomfortable between me and the and Jeremy's current employer over the years since I I departed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get reminded about random ones constantly. There's one that's more significant than others. But a couple years ago, Glenn Eunice left behind a 105.7 banner at the I combine. Do the story, yeah. And and I I saw it and I said, well, I can do something with this. Right. Like I, <laughs> at some point, this will turn into a bit. So I took it with me and I called Drew and I said, hey, just have this on your radar. Like I've got this this 105.7 banner, mm-hmm. and at some point we'll do something with it, right? So Drew concocted the idea that we go stand outside their building. I remember. And we take April a picture Fools, yeah. and we say we're we're back together or right. something like that. And we ended up running it on April Fool's Day. And we and we did all the things necessary in order to try to make it seem like we said something like, "Hey, we know this is we know what today's date is, but we just wanted to share this with you or something like that." Like we did everything we could and we got a ton of legs out of it. We thought it was very clever. We enjoyed it. People seemed to enjoy it. Jeremy's bosses did not enjoy it. <laughs> and, oh, man. I, and I found out well, how quickly they did not enjoy us doing Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, look, so much stuff. But, like, even with this event, um, which I, I think they do a great job with it. And, you know, I'm, I'm friends with the guys at 98 Rock. I'm friends right. with Justin and Scott and, uh, and, and you know, just Wendy and everyone else that, you know, I know over there. Kirk, I'm still, like, we still chat every time we see it. I, I was just upset. Like, literally, my car uh, went up on that Friday, right. or that, I think it was like a Thursday. So they gave me the car Friday morning. And I didn't, like, I didn't put two and two together. I was planning to play football all week long. 
because I got invited the, the previous week. And, uh, like, when I tried to tell her what was going on or why I had the car, I said, I'm not trying to upstage you guys. I'm not trying to do anything. Like, did not want to hear it. And I just lost. Well, and, I'm still mad I didn't get to play in that game. I don't blame you for that, actually. <laughs> and, that was going to be your big break. Yeah, correct. <laughs> he was probably going to get a deal out of it. Out there. Um, the other thing that, that you have to understand is, like, it, back in the day, when it was less common to get fired, we would do. there would be a lot more radio shenanigans. Now we don't do that nearly as much because a week later yeah. we might need a job from the other place in town. But like my my uh, my old buddy Chad Dukes famously called into Elliot in the morning, an elaborate ruse as Lance Armstrong at the height of Lance Armstrong winning oh, all of the Tour de France's. Like that's when, a pretty mild impression. When it's he, not like you need to really. That's be, the thing. That's yeah. why it made it so good. Who really knows yeah. exactly yeah. what Lance How Armstrong sounds like, right? So and the truth is, he didn't really even do a voice. <laughs> like he. This is when Chad was an intern or or was a part timer with the Junkies. And called in to DC 101 to Elliot and said, "Oh, it's Lance Armstrong." And the the idiot kid that was producing was like, instead of thinking, "Why in the f would Lance Armstrong be calling into Elliot?" Somehow convinced himself that Elliot in the morning was so scary important. No offense, I'm not an Elliot in the morning fan. I mean, he's he's been there for forever. God bless him. Um, but but they didn't thought quite that get Elliot Lance in the morning Armstrong. was so yeah. scary important. <laughs> yeah. That Lance Armstrong, at the height of winning Calling seven Tour de France's, would just call in because he's like an Elliot in the Morning fan. <laughs> and they patched him through, and like they started doing an interview. Elliot started asking Chad questions as if he was Lance Armstrong. And Chad, who knows nothing about cycling, yeah, but you can just was, talk about cycling, was doing his right? damnedest <laughs> to be like, you know, when you're um, up in... When I'm waiting for Al Michaels to chime in. Says, "Lest anyone think that that was the real Lance Armstrong." <laughs> right. uh, that's, that's from the Howard Stern. Show. No, he's yes, <laughs> so. yes. And finally, at like the last, he gets to something, and Chad's just like, "Well, what you really need to know is, do you think Lance Armstrong was going to call into your show, you idiots?" Like that was the way that he. <laughs> and so that stuff was way more common at a point in radio history than like that stuff just wouldn't happen nearly as much today because we're all like, "Hey, you don't pay us enough." You do not pay us well, enough to you know, burn these you know, bridges. The odd thing is, like, you got to walk on eggshells with everything because, like, I, I remember you know, ninety eight Rock did something for Mo, or you know, and and I retweeted or like reposted it on Facebook, and then I got a call like, "Hey, just be careful when you're." Pro-. I said, "I'm not promoting them. I'm promoting Mo." Yes. And, like this stuff happens all the time. Where, I, like, I would talk to Justin. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm allowed to talk about you guys on the show. I talk about you all the time because that he he we initially became friends because I was telling a story about my uncle Buck." who, um, he's on the spectrum, let's just leave it at that, okay. but he, he, he's missing all of his front teeth, and he was eating spaghetti, and I gave the <laughs> the interpretation of what it was like watching him eat spaghetti. It was like an event, um, and his face was yeah. covered in spaghetti sauce, and, and Justin said he pissed his pants laughing when I was telling the story about him. So that's how that's how we like got introduced to one another, and he like paid me the nicest compliment, and we were going back and forth, but I don't know, like that, that all-nighter, I'll never forget it, I was actually just telling that story about how, like, unbelievably tired I was um, and then just so angry at like I did this really nice thing and what I felt like I should do and then ultimately I didn't even get to do what I wanted to do the next day right correct like correct yeah, yeah. Uh, so was it like a vacuum cleaner with the spaghetti like, <laughs> oh my god just like a gaff with no teeth that you would hear him he'd be like and it, it like you just see noodles coming off the plate and like splashing them in the face and just hitting them. And one of my favorite things was whenever he was looking for my grandfather, he'd come around and go, where Lou? Where Lou? Uh, Lou here? Like, and he, everything was like short words. How are you? Like, you know, and he was super sweet guy. 
but watching him eat spaghetti might be my favorite thing about West Virginia whenever I went. It's an event you could charge an admission for. It. Jeremy Kahn yeah. is with us on GCR. What about what's the uh, what's the strangest place that you've pulled over to sleep because you were trying to like go for it and you just didn't have it in you. You had to sleep at some point. Oh my God! I get, so I went to the NFL draft um, the year that uh, I'm sorry. I went to the Super Bowl. I'm getting the two dates confused because when I, the NFL draft was fine, but I went to the Super Bowl when the Broncos lost forty-three to eight. Oh, by the way, as I get there, Ooh, this is this is the right New York Super Bowl. This is the, oh yes. oh our former employer. Yes, our oh, former yeah. employer. Yeah, yeah, Nestor's yeah. sitting right next to me, and yeah. I'm looking at him like, how do how is there this many people in right. the stadium, and I'm sitting next to this in the entire thing. world, um, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> so, so and then um, uh, Howard Eskin sitting behind me, and everybody's standing up in front of me, and I stand up, and Howard Eskin taps me on the shoulder, like, do you mind sitting down? I said, no, I prefer to sit down. Can you ask everyone in front of me to sit down? And then he got really mad and then walked out. Um, but uh, but coming back that night, because I was going to drive back uh, so I didn't have to stay in New York, and it was one of the worst experiences of my life. People were like, wow, I went to a Super Bowl and had a bad time, and Peyton Manning lost. I said, no, you guys don't understand. Like, taking a train from a train to a train to finally getting back to my car in Harlem to driving five and a half hours home was miserable. And yeah, I'm, not- like, going through – not great. No, I, you can give me not, not great. That sounds unpleasant. It's... So I'm going through New Jersey and I'm like fading. I'm like I don't know yeah. how much like caffeine I pounded. To, you know, got in my system. So I pull off at this rest stop. And this sounds really sexy. And like, <laughs> all right, I'm just gonna take like a little power nap here, maybe an hour. And I guess there's a rule in New Jersey about leaving your lights on at these stops or something. I don't know if it's illegal or you're not supposed to. So I fall asleep with my car running as I'm sitting there, and some guy comes up and knocks on my door. Man, I damn near crapped my pants. I, I grew a yeah. tail real quick. Uh, it scared the hell out of me, and I don't scare easily. Like, he startled me. It woke me up. I drove straight home. I may, I may have been asleep <laughs> for seven minutes. I drove straight home with my heart racing about a mile a minute. The guy's like, you need to turn your lights off. And I'm like, ah! I just slam on the gas and just took off driving. I mean, he scared the hell out of me. The year, and then when I got home, I crashed. It's funny. Yeah. That it's that stadium that you're bringing up. The year the Ravens opened with the Jets, and I think it was the Jets' first game at that stadium on Monday night, I had driven up the day before with the girl I was dating at the time to go to the U.S. Open final. We were going to go to the U.S. Open final, and then we are staying with a buddy's place. And then I was going to go to the game on Monday night, and she, I was going to take the train, and she was going to drive my car and come meet me when the game was over. Then they ended up moving. The U.S. Open final got rained out, so I didn't even get to go because it got moved to the next night. Um, and I had, to, uh, I had to go do the game, so she goes, and then I, this is a girl from, like, Texas who just had no idea of how to, like – I don't know why I ever thought the idea should be to have her drive out of New York and into New Jersey to come find me and meet me. On top of that, both of our phones died. And so she had to, like, go find somewhere to plug her phone in. I'm, like, they kicked me out of the press box. It got, it got to be, like, 1.30 in the morning. I'm trying – I don't even have my actual charger. I'm trying to get charge from the computer just to – and this is, you know, prehistoric at this point, um, phone technology – I finally just start looking out like one of the windows to see if a car starts pulling up to the stadium at like two in the morning. It does. She's tired. I start driving. I can't do it. We were determined to find a Wawa for some reason. Why it had to be a Wawa, couldn't tell you. I prefer Royal Farms. I make that abundantly clear. I'm a Royal Farms man. We decided, but there weren't any in New Jersey. So we decided we were going to find a Wawa and we were just going to pull over, get some coffee. When we got there, somehow we both passed out before we we just fell asleep in the Wawa parking lot magically because I was still doing mornings with Drew at the time magically 
woke up at 4 o'clock, got there at exactly 6 in order to do the morning show the next morning after falling, oh. falling asleep, both of us in the Wawa parking lot. I just, you know, I, I, I remember more of like being tired is one thing and then you eventually get through it. But the, the one thing I, I tell people all the time that they don't understand that's difficult about our job, um, which I mean, it's not the most difficult job in the world, but whenever you're dealing with something um, emotional, uh, you know, I talked about the death of Mo mm. and then I couldn't finish that show, but I found out he was dying, that his cancer was terminal and I had to do a radio show. And here I am, like crying every commercial break. Like this sucks. I don't want to. I don't want to pretend to be the happy guy and try to put on a show. I also don't want to half-ass it. But like, you almost got to put all that crap aside and do it. And I think more so than being tired when when things are going wrong in your personal life or you're not happy about something um, or you're just stressed, whatever it may be. Uh, like trying to do a show then is more difficult than just being flat out dog tired. Yeah, now, this is why I'm good because I just stopped caring about people. I just stopped. <laughs> I decided that I would just hate everyone, and so that's really allowed me to not have to deal with that, Jim. See, that's a beautiful thing. I <laughs> wish I. I mean, I do hate most people to be yeah, honest, but, but especially not, when I'm driving, I hate everyone. Yeah, yeah. Cool. That's a. By the way, I had some guy this morning trying to get me to like pull up next to him to t- I had to drive out to Owings Mills this morning to get uh, COVID tested before I came in here because I still have to do that every week uh, for one of my other jobs and I had a guy on, on 695 like pull in front of me and then start like waving at me you had the bumper sticker that said honk it, if you're like, horny right? yeah it was the honk if you're horny he's like waving at me through the mirror I'm like what the F and then he's like pull around and I'm like, what? The? So I, I need, wanted to pass him anyway because he had slowed down. So I pass him, and he's trying. He like rolls down his window. He wants to talk to me. Well, we. I'm you, like, the bro. Company car, the I, Glenn Clark Radio yeah, Mobile. You know? I'm like, I don't know what it is, and it's the point where I could have had a tire blown, and I wouldn't have cared. You're a psychopath. I don't want to be anywhere. If you've ever done that on a highway, you are a psychopath, and I want to be nowhere near you. I don't want you to see my face. I don't want you to know what I look like. I don't want anything to do with it because I am convinced that you are an axe murderer. And so with that. In mind my tire blew on the way here. No, I, just, I have no idea what the guy wanted to tell me, but I had no interest in participating in the subject, and I was I was out. He's screaming well, I had a, out the window. I had a guy make um, uh, like a sexual gesture to me, uh, if you can Ooh. imagine, oh. with his hands, well, and then he blew a kiss at me. Now wait a second. And then, I guess he was trying to make me uncomfortable until this is yeah. a true story. Until I started. Until you pulled over and said, "Let's go." Right? Yeah. Right. So I pulled up next to him with the light, and I'm like, "Where do you want to meet? You want to go behind the grocery store over here?" And he's like, "No." And he rolls up his window and peels wheels, and I get up to next to him, and I'm Follow just still him. waving and blowing kisses. Yeah. Like, uh, what's going on? It's like the ultimate backfire. So I, I enjoyed that day. I, I I don't know why I, I have such vi- I have vivid memories of this. My my buddy's mom agreed to take us to like Hershey Park. And it was, it was, we were growing, I don't know how old we were, 13, 14, something like that. We couldn't, okay. we weren't old enough to drive. And it was the two of us, and he had two sisters, and we were all in the car with his mom. And there was, there was a lot of traffic on the way to Hershey Park, and there were, there was a, some, somebody doing a honk if you're horny bit, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and his mom decided that the appropriate response, this is so cringe, would be to make a sign that said "Honk if you love Jesus." Oh. And so, <laughs> well, one thing's gonna happen: like, you're either gonna get some real happy Christians, yeah, 
or she's less honking. Like, she's like, she's like, Glenn, why don't you hold that sign out the window? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I think I'm gonna pass, Miss Lynette. <laughs> I think I'm good. Like, I think I'm all right on this one. Oh, it was so good. Make it still makes my skin. So crawl. she made it while she was driving. I think she had her older daughter make it. Like oh, she's yes. like, she's like, I know how we'll get them. <laughs> and she like purposely found the people like in this traffic jam, drove right up to them keeps, like, and like threw the fa- the sign in their face. Keeps like stationary <laughs> paper in her car at all times. Oh, God. I don't know. I'm going to start honking now. Right. Yeah. All right. You have anything you want to say about the draft? I I'm, I hate doing the draft grade that bit. It's such a yeah. bad bit. It's awful. It's a necessary evil, right? It's like, like what, what are you grading them on? Are you grading them on the players that you believe are good? Did they fill their needs? Did they... You know, did they make a mistake? Did they draft a guy too early? Like, what are you, what are you grading them on? And it's funny, we, they, and this happens, and I'm not knocking the guys that do it. I know they have to write these articles. And hell, I've probably done it in the past as well. But it's, it's so stupid because they never go back and revisit their grades to see if they were right or wrong. Right, you know what I mean? It's like irrelevant. It's, just, it's, yes. something, it's a throwaway. It's like being a weatherman um, in San Diego, and you're telling them it's 70 and sunny, and it just happens to rain. It's like, ah, I get one wrong. No big deal. Um, um, but you don't ever go back and look at it. I, I do. I think the only thing that I thought was relevant to talk about today is is knowing that this is essentially the roster, right? Like there's there's going to almost certainly be a, a, a veteran tackle, probably Villanueva. There's almost certainly going to be a, a veteran rusher that are going to be added in. Where where now do you think this roster as a whole stands up with the other best teams in the AFC? I mean, if if Bateman ends up being what I think he can be, or at least what half of what. Ken Salas thinks he's going to be, yeah. um, then then I think they're in pretty good shape because, like, I don't have expectations year one for OA. I, I think you're probably going to wait on it, and everybody's talking about Ben Cleveland because he's a monster of a human being. So, if I mean, if you get three of those guys that are contributing this year, maybe even four outside, and I'm not even talking about special teams because some of those guys will contribute there. Um, I mean, I, I think you hit a nice little home run here with, with the picks that you have. And then they also got some more picks for next year as well, but um, look, I, I think they did a fairly good job. I've always felt like the Ravens were in the mix, and I keep going back to it. Barring any significant trades like Aaron Rodgers going to the Broncos or Raiders, like to me it's a three-horse race with the Colts being a wild card for the fourth team because, um, I mean, I think it's Buffalo, Kansas City, Baltimore, and I'm not trying to – no disrespect to Miami because I still think they make another step forward, but I just don't think you're, they're you're there not, yet. You're I think not they're, nearly as bullish about the Browns as other people are. No, I mean, because it's, it, look, it's like I saw Jeff Schwartz who I, I wanted to write something, but I'm like, I'm not trying to get in a Twitter war with a guy because he's the one that was writing the dumb stuff about, hey, should the Ravens trade uh, Lamar Jackson for Deshaun Watson? And he wasn't the only one. I'm going, why? Right. And it wasn't just Lamar, it was Lamar Jackson and a first round pick for Deshaun Watson. I'm going, what are you guys yeah, or, watching? Or you like, could just what? have Lamar Jackson. Right. Yeah. I, yeah I, and I think that'll be okay. Pick. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> correct. But I mean, like, that stuff was so silly. And then he posted something this weekend saying, I got the Browns winning the division and going to the playoffs. Um, I don't have the Ravens going anywhere because I don't trust them in the playoffs. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. What on earth makes yeah, you trust yes. the Browns? Where, where, where is that they built? Beat the Steelers? Correct. Yeah, it's, Correct. It's just, like, to me, that's a nonsensical thing, and it's just a way for certain guys to kind of pass. Like, there's a lot of old, crusty white dudes that don't like Lamar Jackson as a quarterback because he's the run-first guy that's going to throw on occasion. It's like – Grow up, guys, because there's, there's so much talent in this league, and guys are built differently. Russell Wilson's built a hell of a lot different than a lot of other players. Um, it, I mean, if you watch Deshaun Watson, what he's doing, Josh Allen, put him in that same mold. Andrew Luck was the same way, running and throwing. Like, the game has changed, so adapt to it and understand what you have. 
I agree. I, I completely agree about all that. And look, I you know, I, that's which isn't to say that I know that the Ravens can win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. I don't. It's very hard to win yeah. a Super Bowl. But I know, I you know, I, I think I've come around on, I think they're about what they were a year ago. I've got more questions about their offensive line. I feel a little bit better about their wide receiver core. But I think they're about what they were a year ago. They, they need some good fortune. They need a little bit more development. And they'll give themselves a chance. But are they going to be the team to beat? Nope. Nope, they're not going to be. But it's going to be really damn difficult to be the team to beat in the AFC as long as Patrick Mahomes exists. Um, yeah. It's just the reality of it. So I, I think they're in a pretty good spot. I, I need to see how the offensive line comes together. I get the argument that the Ravens' system should allow for – you know, even if you've got guys to take a step back, they should be able to handle what it is that you're doing. But I, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about the the number of questions. The the non. We don't know who the right tackle is. We're we're penciling in a late third round pick as the starting left guard. And while I think Bradley Bozeman is going to be plenty good at playing center because he did it in college, you know, he still hasn't done it in the NFL, and we got to see it first. So yeah. You know, I, I, I've got, I've got. Um, there's some things that are good there, but there's a lot of questions, and I think it's reasonable to have those questions about the offensive line. And I get it, man. I, I think, I think all those things are very fair. I just think they're, uh, I mean, they're in the mix. They're a good team. I'm not telling you they're the team to beat, but I think they're the best team in this division, which should mean a home playoff game, and then let the chips fall where they may. No doubt about it. What's coming up on the Big Bad Morning Show this week? I know we'll be focusing on a lot of draft talk, uh, talking about the Orioles. I mean, Tony, I've been on this heater picking games. Like, some guy called me out. Are your picks up yet today? Are your picks up yet today? Yeah, they're up already. I love, love, love the Wizards over tonight, which is it's one of the highest totals you ever see. The two fastest-paced teams playing, and everybody thinks it's way too high, so they want to bet the under. And they've been—I've been betting the Pacers over every single night, and it's paid off. Um, I, you know, I've more than doubled my money betting just their overs uh and then on top of it i love the hawks tonight against the trailblazers so those are my two favorite plays um but yeah and i've hit since some guy called me out and said oh nice top play loser i think i've hit my top play every single day since then that's pretty funny um, hopefully he wasn't betting them so. all right all right so let's just say i'm gonna bet two hundred dollars on all the games that you have today mm-hmm. would you just encourage me you got you got 20 you got 10 picks up would you encourage me to bet 20 bucks on all of them or to bet no. like like on your loves, bet bet you know forty bucks on those and the rest is spread across the other picks that you got. I would tell you to bet the most on the Wizards over. Um, what I would do personally, like so, if I had two hundred bucks, I would put a hundred bucks on the Wizards. Okay. Over, I, I would put a fifty dollar parlay on the Wizards over and and the uh, the Hawks to win. And then, you know, if you want to bet 25 bucks on a couple other games or All bet right. the Hawks right. straight up, do that. All right, that's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. At JeremyCon1057, and of course... So if uh, they lose, it's Glenn's fault. Correct. You you'll know. It. You'll know. I am officially the cooler. I am 100% the cooler. Damn William H. Macy over here. No doubt about it, man. That means I should have a job somewhere, though. Like, somebody yeah. should be hiring me at Or your that wife point. got kidnapped. Yeah, one of the two. In <laughs> either one. 100%. At uh, JeremyCon1057 on Twitter. Big Bad Morning Show every morning, 6 to 10, and of course, press Pressboxonline.com to see his picks. Thank you, pal. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next Monday. Thanks, man. Jeremy Kahn joining us as he does every Monday here on GCR. Today's program also brought to you by, ooh, I think this one's brought to you by Mobile One. Full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We'll come back in, get a tidbit, get tubular to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. 
At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit, and after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common you've heard them on jobbing out matt and nick jackson the young bucks thanks for having us man Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have you Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. GlennClarkRadio.com. All right. I just, I just spent uh, 200 bucks betting with Jeremy. We'll see how it goes. Could be a depressing, could be a depressing day tomorrow. I don't really have 200 bucks to lose. Hey, it's going well for you so far. 
Oh, I know. I've done nothing but it's, oh, God. I got to get out of this. This is starting to get uh, dangerous. But I'm trusting Jeremy. We'll see how it goes. Hey, uh, tonight, it will not be a depressing night to stand the fan of Ross Grimsley. Catch up with the great Rick Dempsey. Love him. That's night 8 o'clock on Facebook Live before the Orioles play late in Seattle. So you can check that out live at 8, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. If you miss it live, you'll be able to see it tomorrow at pressboxonline.com. Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, and Rick Dempsey talking baseball tonight. It's brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. And, of course, don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. The phone number, if you want to get in touch with C3, 410-401-9797, or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. How about we get a tidbit, shall we? Tidbit of the day brought to you by the new print issue of PressBox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com on the cover. Orioles ace John Means. Pick it up right now, the new print issue of PressBox. Tidbit of the day. All right. So, in the last four drafts, the Baltimore Ravens, Perhaps have heard our cries. Eight wide receivers drafted by the Baltimore Ravens in that time span, too. In each draft, no team in football has drafted as many wide receivers since that began. Behind them are the now Broncos to start working out. and the 49ers. Well, it's can one I mean, I, I, there succeed are, without... I, you know what, what I regret not talking about with Jesse Rebeck today? I, I have gotten the message. I have no reason myself to think that this is a sign the Ravens are finally committed to moving Miles Boykin to tight end. I have no reason to believe that. I know we've talked about it for an eternity, but I have, I have nothing that suggests that's the path that they're going. Well... The Ravens last year ranked number 32, not ideal, in all of yards per game, receptions per game, and targets per game for receivers. Not surprising, given the nature of the offense. The addition of Rashad Bateman and Tylan Wallace, hopefully, will see more production and perhaps lend or trend toward more opportunity. But Tylan Wallace, of course we know about Bateman, Wallace had the second most catches of 15 or more yards of any receiver in college football through the past three seasons. Sounds good. Something we like. I like it. He also had the second most contested catches of all pass catchers in 2019. So that's also good. Okay. The Ravens did not draft any Alabama players this year. How about that? However, there still were 10 Alabama players selected. Uh, You know, not surprising. There were nine other schools with at least six players drafted nine? throughout the course of the three rounds. Nine, three you yes. say? Nine, other than in Alabama, of course. Ohio State. Ten as well, tied for the lead. Uh, Clemson. No. They suck. I know, right? Miami. No. Michigan. Eight. Uh, Florida. Eight. Tied for third, those two. Oakler homers. No. Hauser's bout. Uh, Tejas. No. LSU. Seven for LSU. Florida State. No. They're not that good. Georgia. Nine for Georgia. Tied for second. 
How about... How's about uh, Wisconsin? No. How about Penn State? Six for Penn State. How about USC? No. Oregon? No. All right, we're going to go rapid fire. How about uh, uh, South Carolina? No. How about Tennessee? No. How about Auburn? No. How about Ole Miss? No. How about Mississippi State? No. Texas A&M? No. Texas Tech? No. TCU? No. Baylor? No. Oklahoma State? No. West Virginia? No. Cincinnati? No. How about Purdue? No. How about Northwestern? No. How about Michigan State? No. How about Minnesota? A, Michigan State didn't have a player drafted for the first time in 80 years. No, Maryland almost didn't have one drafted. So, no. How about Minnesota? No. How about Nebraskers? No. How about Coloradoers? No. Utahs? No. BYU? No. How about... Five Ar- for BYU. Oh, close. Arizonas, no. Arizona states. No. How about UCLA? No. Stanford. No. Cal. No. Washington. No. CAG. Uh, Washington State. No. You are, by the way, missing Oregon the state. team tied for second most. With I, nine. I, I don't know. Clearly, Virginia Tech. That. No. Virginia. No. North Carolina. No. NC State. No. Georgia Tech. No. How about Duke? No. Wake Forest. No. Houston. No. How about Boise State? No. Pitt. Six. For Pitt. Did not know that. Could have Clearly. Three of them. <laughs> Maybe. How about uh, the doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie? I did all the Texases, right? I got through all those. TCU, SMU. Nope. Uh, I said Baylor, right? Yep. Um, second most is because that's... I don't know. Um... Vanderbilt. No. Kentucky. Six for Kentucky. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, uh, who am I forgetting? Who am I forgetting? Nine who players drafted from this school. Nine players drafted from... Oh, Notre Dame, right? Notre Nine Dame. Nine for Notre Dame right. to wrap right. it up. Including Dalen Hayes. Indeed. There you go. All right. Tidbit was also brought to you today by Great Eights Memorabilia. Some private signings coming up with Great Eights Memorabilia where you can ship them what it is that you want signed and they'll get you the inscription and all the details available for uh, John Harbaugh, Anquan Bolden, Jonathan Ogden, and others. Plus, Baltimore Celeb Fest, May 15th in Davidsonville. It's going to be an awesome event for wrestling fans. Over 50 wrestlers will be there, including the Great Eight Stable where you can meet a group of eight wrestling stars, including Brian Cage, Lance Archer from AEW, and all of them, all of the pictures and autographs for all eight, 200 bucks. It's a phenomenal deal. Also coming June 27th, the inaugural Tucker Fest at Jerry's Toyota. You can meet Justin Tucker, live music from Joey Harkham, Dave Teeth throughout the day, plus a dunk tank, cornhole tournament, and more. Find out about all of these great events right now by going to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number eight in GreatEightsMemorabilia.com to find out more. Totally Tubular, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. They're celebrating the 25th anniversary right now with a phenomenal menu that includes zucchini fries, smoky thigh wings, smoky thigh wings, smoky thigh wings, the double bacon and cheddar burger, the barbecue chicken bowl with ancient grains, the strip steak sandwich, silver anniversary IPA, and so much more. GloryDaysGrill.com in order to find out more. 
Uh, Orioles, indeed, on the West Coast, still taking on the Mariners. Dean Kramer on the mound. The Mariners will go with, I don't know. They have not announced it still as of right now. MLB Network, uh, Dodgers-Cubs, 7.30. NBC Sports Washington, Pacers-Wizards at 7. ESPN, Warriors-Pelicans, 7.30. There is a Marvel-themed broadcast they're doing on I ESPN 2 at 7.30. I got it. Does, I got nothing. Nuggets-Lakers at 10 on ESPN. By the way, Marvel put out uh, all the dates, the rescheduled, I guess now, official dates for the next group of movies. Starts in July, I believe, with the uh, Black Widow. Um, they put out a video this morning that was, uh, the, the world was into it. It was phenomenal. Uh, voiced by Stan Lee. How'd they do that? That's mar- remarkable, isn't it? Really remarkable. Remarkable. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Uh, NBC Sports Washington Capitals Rangers 7. Golden Knights Wild at 8 on NBCSN. The USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights. Ooh, what do you define as highlights? Uh, Bear Grylls, 9 o'clock on National Geographic. We got Conan as Nassim Pedrad from uh I like Chad. Nassim Pedrad. 11 on TBS. Good do- he's a good doctor. He's he a is good a good doctor. doctor. I've heard that, yes. Uh, Michael Che is on Seth Meyers. Vince Vaughn promoting something. I don't know what, but he's on Fallon. Stuff and things. Check it all out at glennclarkradio.com. All right, very good. Thanks. Oh, hello. Thanks today to Rashad Bateman. Thanks also to Jeff Zrebeck and to Jeremy Kahn. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. As we mentioned, Dalen Hayes is scheduled to join us. Irons and fires. As we continue to try to meet the Ravens draft picks this week, we will keep working on that today for sure. Away. All right. Thanks to Verdict Press Box, all of our great sponsors and partners, including... The great people at US, the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive. By the way, KNS Automotive has been restoring, repairing, maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles with a focus on exceptional workmanship, quality customer service for over 40 years. And that's everything from oil changes to major body work. Call them, 410-235-6660, KNSimports.com, KNS Automotive, KNSimports.com. As well as C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter at K Ottenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great, great Monday evening. Go, Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.